at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer Joe. Hey, everybody. Uh, we work for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other interesting <sighs> movie-related articles. Make sure to check out SifPop.com to keep up with all that. Uh, plenty of good stuff come just around the corner. We're, we're thinking about maybe a think piece for The Last of Us that, that uh, Jason submitted that we're looking through, seeing if we want to publish it. Uh, just send us a draft, so I'm not like saying that having read it yet. I'm going to read it later, but maybe something interesting to look on there and then we will uh put, put any other stuff going on, on the website but on the podcast today we'll talk about uh two movies coming out magic mike 3 and sharper um we'll give our previews on them and then we'll talk about comic book movie um we picked ghost rider one and two i'm not sure why we did but we just <laughs> we got to rip the band-aid off at some point so ghost rider and ghost rider spirit of vengeance we'll talk about them for a bit and then we'll explore the b plot um we're doing a mcu a fantasy cast and mcu ghost rider so figure out a way to tie it in um and i gave a couple of roles johnny a ghost rider i put johnny blaze but a ghost rider um i put the devil but i think like i meant the i don't even remember the guy's name but the guy that makes the deal uh if you want to go with satan that's fine I think in the I'm first pretty- movie, it's actually supposed to be Mephisto, but they add like his full name, but I think it's supposed to be Mephisto. I saw the credit was like both like one slash one, right? Whatever his name is. But like, I think isn't like, isn't the devil a character in the comic in the, in the Marvel comics? I don't know if there's a separate devil, but I know Mephisto usually fills that role. Okay. He, like also like, you know, the devil goes by many names type of deal. So if you want to, if we want to combine those two into one, feel free to do that. Cause I, I, I put this list together before thinking of uh, before seeing these movies. So or if you want to have if you want to change villain to just like co-villain, if you want like, you know, the devil and Mephisto, whatever to be kind of a we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But I put I put Johnny's dad because, again, initially thinking Johnny <laughs> Blaze will be pretty loose with it. A love interest and a previously established MCU character uh, to help tie it in. So I've I've thought a lot about how I want to, this to work. I just haven't quite put my cast fully together yet. <laughs> and by fully together, I mean at all. But this previously previously established MCU character is going to be tough for me. So it's probably going to be a cameo and it's going to be like quick in a writer director. We'll get there. We'll get to all the ways that I feel to prep for the show uh, <laughs> later. But well, then we'll wrap up with the spinoff. First, let's get a chance to talk about some news real quick. James Gunn recently announced uh, the upcoming slate for DC Studios. DC he called he called it DCU. Um, I know they were trying to brand like DCEU, um, but he just called it DCU and whatever. Yeah. But the the plan moving forward <laughs> with some titles and some release dates, uh, we're going to talk about um, each project announced um we're going to start with the tv side of thing so based off of the way he announced them this is what we have creature commandos a seven episode animated show in which amanda waller creates a black ops team out of monstrous prisoners james gunn wrote all the episodes um so uh, that's supposed to come out i think um like early next year because and it's supposed to i think being be between peacemaker season one and season two which i haven't gotten around to season one yet but and i think season two is delayed because he was working on these this yeah so anyway, how, how do you feel about Creature Commandos? Is this a property you're familiar with or 
I'm not super familiar with it, but I, I like the fact that Weasel's in it. So, uh, yeah, uh, Gunn's brother would probably be reprising his role, just making a bunch of uh, you know interesting squeaky noises. So that'd be fun. Uh, I'm kind of like excited and not excited for not because of the project, because like this kind of killed like a lot of animation that was kind of like already in progress because they want to link their universes together. So that, that's the only downside to it. But other than that, like I'm super ecstatic about it because like it's not a property that I, that I'm really aware of. And uh, James Gunn is like really taking like great at taking uh, like properties and characters that people are not aware of and like recreating them like in his image because he yeah. knows those characters inside it out and he knows what works and what doesn't. So I'm super excited about it. And plus anything with Amanda Waller, I'm just I'm all in. Bella Davis is amazing as that character. Yeah. Yeah. And spe- you said speaking of canceling things, I, I I the news also dropped that uh, Doom Patrol and um, Titans were both canceled, mm-hmm. uh, which James Gunn said those decisions were made before they hired him. Um, but um, I think Harley Quinn was re- was renewed before all that happened too. So I imagine they'll try to work the Harley Quinn show into you know whatever's going on. We'll yeah, see. I can't see them. Can- that thing is immensely popular. Like I can't see them canceling that. Like that's just yeah, too meta. Even, and too if they, they want to call it extended, or if they want to call it like because of the Flashpoint stuff, but. I, my guess is they're just going to call it, you know, the, the Elseworld. The Elseworld, yeah. But yeah, like I know that one was uh, was renewed before when everything else was getting canceled. But yeah, which is a shame because I've heard good things about Doom Patrol and I've heard good things about Titans kind of after the first season. Right. But yeah, but yeah the uh, Creature Commandos is interesting for me because like it, I'm not familiar with them at all. But I wasn't familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy. Look, I'm not like I'm, exactly. I'm a I'm a big like I like comic book things, but like. There's so much depth to comic book like characters and and teams and, and all that. Like I I don't if if somebody's just tuning in for the first time, like I'm not a self proclaimed like comic book geek. I'm a comic book property geek. Like I like any movies coming out associated with comic books, and I like to dive into movies and stories and you know like animated Batman movies and things like that. But like you know like I know the Guardians of the Galaxy weren't you know, completely unknown, but they were. Remar- I saw somebody on Twitter saying something like uh, oh what's what's gonna done gun gonna do with these creature commandos or whatever uh or or, or they said something like what's gun gonna do with this with the dcu and like look what he did with guardians of the galaxy and somebody replied to them like turn a bunch of d-listers into superstars like that's <laughs> right. what he's gonna do so but anyway i like the idea of this being animated i like that gun wrote it um i i think that's gonna allow for some really creative freedom i hope that I know he wants to tie in the animated stuff to um, to the regular stuff, but I hope that this one kind of has like a Looney Tunes style, just because I really want like a James Gunn animated superhero thing that like has a slapsticky like yeah. over the topness to it. Like I don't really want this to take itself too seriously. Like like I want this to be like I know that the Suicide Squad was already a relatively like not so serious thing. <laughs> I I want this to be yeah kind of that hype like kind of like that Harley Quinn animated show. Yeah, Which, I think that'd be a good take for it. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not sure the preview image they showed us, if that was just from the comic books or if that was something that's already like a concept. Um, but I like the art style a lot. I thought it looked really cool. It's very colorful yeah. and like graphic looking. So moving on, we got Waller. You were just <laughs> mentioning you like Wall, uh, Amanda Waller and Viola Davis in the role in anything that she's in. A series features Team Peacemaker uh, will be written by Crystal Henry, uh, who worked on Watchmen and Jeremy Carver worked on Supernatural. Look, oh. you had me with Waller. I... I, I like soup. I like supernatural for a good chunk. Um, so I recognize the name Jeremy Carver, but man, anybody that works, worked on Watchmen, this show, I'm going to, I'm going to do any, <laughs> anything they see. I'm going to see anything they, they put together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited about that too. Um, yeah. Anything having to do with, you know, like I said, Viola Davis, especially with anything peacemaker related. I love that, that group. I know you haven't watched it yet, but 
highly, highly recommend everybody watch that. It's, it's, uh, it's really terrific. And it really shows that John Cena has chops as far as acting. And I mean, we already know he has good comedic timing, but like you should yeah. say he actually has acting talent. Um, but yeah, th- that's also exciting. I didn't know the writing team behind it. Like that, those two people, mm-hmm. like I love supernatural and yeah, I love the Watchmen series. Um, so let's see another one. Um, this is a project I'm completely unfamiliar with, but a comic book, like nerd friend of mine got really geeked out when they announced booster gold. Booster Gold uses basic <laughs> technology from the future to pretend to be a superhero in the present day. This sounds so incredible. It's it kind of going to be one of those that like it's got to be in the right hands though, right? Like it's got to be like the right kind of person to take it on. Right. Like uh, if if Nathan Fillion was a little younger, <laughs> he would be the best Booster Gold. He'd you mean like I'm trying to think like because I, I no familiar with the character. Are you like have you seen Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog? Uh, yes. So, so you're thinking like Nathan Fillion, like Captain Hammer, like he would be Booster yes. Gold. Yes, imagine that's how Booster <laughs> that's Gold is. Amazing, but like maybe a little bit doucher. Uh, he's already a super douche in that. <laughs> yeah, so just imagine that. Just you hiked it up a couple levels, but um, yeah, he's a really interesting character. At times he could be kind of goofy. At times he could be really heroic. He's uh, the greatest superhero you've never heard of. Um, nice. Gets mistaken for Green Lantern <laughs> in Justice League Unlimited, which is a funny gag. I don't nice. know if you've ever seen Just League Unlimited, but um, yeah, he's a he's a really fun character. Yeah. Um, his uh, his partnership with Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, those two are amazing. The best bromance in comic books. Um, so yeah, he's nice. there's a lot to be excited about. It's just, it's got to be in the right hands. It's got to be the right casting. But I think yeah. it'll be really really terrific. Yeah, I had a like I said, I just had a friend that when, when your comic book friend gets really excited about something you've never heard of, you get excited. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then Lanterns, uh, this enormous TV event, uh, t- TV event series follows intergalactic cops John Stewart and H- Hal Jordan as they c- uncover dark mystery. Gunn said there will also be other Lanterns featured, so it won't just be John Stewart and um, mm-hmm. Hal Jordan. Like, but like that's already huge. Both both of them. Yeah, it's arguably all, the two best Lanterns. Like the yeah. for sure the two most popular. Yeah, uh, but also like just the fact that they. Like, well, they are taking another Green Lantern property, like <laughs> after the failed um, Ryan Reynolds take in 2009 or whatever, you know, like, like they're finally taking another stab at it. It's been something that like we knew they've wanted to do for a while. And it's like, yes. And man, putting it on the small screen seems a little off putting to me. Like it, it, the Green Lantern feels like a big screen property, but I guess like I guess the, the scope of what they have is not going to be able to be contained in two hours. I mean, I mean, they said Green Lantern uh, mixed with True Detective. So I rather them give the time to let it kind of like slow True. burn and like them them handle cases together and like get into you know arguments and like different philosophies about like what it means to be a Lantern and just about life in general because they're they're two completely different people too. Like sure, yeah. So Hal yeah. Jordan's very boisterous and you know kind of yeah. talks a lot, and you know John Stewart is very very stoic and like a little more by the book. So yeah, yeah. And then the last uh, thing that was announced was Paradise Lost, set in Themyscira, the home of the Amazons, the birthplace of Wonder Woman. This drama focuses on the genesis and political intrigue of on an island of all women. I- I'm excited about this one too. Like, it's hard not to be, is especially because like I'm trying to think, and you know, we talked about both the theatrical Justice League and uh, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, like when that came out. And man, there's even 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 like that beginning in that movie where there is no Wonder Woman and they're just trying to keep the mother box from uh, Steppenwolf. Like that's that's a really great sequence. Yeah, so, it's probably like, one of the better sequences in that in, in, in both films, respectively. For sure. For sure. So like I I'm really intrigued by this idea. I, I just hope 
Like, I hope they just don't kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge Wonder Woman too much. Like, I hope Wonder Woman is like a season two or three idea or like maybe even like this whole series, however long it goes. Maybe it's meant to be a miniseries or maybe it's meant to be like three or four. Like, it will never feature Wonder Woman. Or never. Like, my, my only like fear, right? Kind of like how, how, how like my, my fear is that it becomes like Gotham where Gotham really wanted to be what was Gotham like before Batman. And then they still threw Bruce Wayne into so much of it. And they had right. like they had these the these batman villains being defeated by jim gordon it's like what the what's the purpose for batman jim gordon <laughs> right. think so like my, my i don't want it to be like gotham you know where it's like hey look at young diana you know which it's i think it's like this is supposed to be before wonder woman but i'm saying like i don't want him to jump the gun and like you know season, season one finale diana's born you know so i mean do you have thoughts on this one no I, i'm pretty stoked about it like um i, I feel the same way too because like uh, I want to. I want to like the first Wonder Woman's like one of the one of the best DCEU movies. Sure, but like eighty four kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So, but like maybe we better kind of rebuild that trust and like maybe not like you said, not roll with Wonder Woman like the first season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like maybe make it more like a kind of like Game of Thrones esque, uh, you know, Paradise Island type of show. That would be really interesting to build out that history. You sure. know, for for a lot of people that haven't you know haven't vested in the comic books, like you said, like um, not everybody's like delving head first into the comic books it's kind of daunting at first like where do you jump in so it'd be really cool to like visualize that for people what the mascara looks like and like how their society works Mm -hmm. uh let's move on to the movie side of things real quick i want to dive into real quick gun acknowledged the blue beetle movie coming out later this year he said he was really excited for people to finally see blue beetle on the big screen i am as well my only experience with blue beetle is through the batman brave and the bold animated series and um the injustice 2 game and um that's uh like that's that's a project i'm excited about like blue Be- blue beetle's an interesting character he also mentioned um the the flash movie and he said it was really terrific and it's like <laughs> yeah it was like a little weird you just I, look you're just not going to get me to buy in that this movie is any good with all the not just the Ezra Miller stuff but the con- the, the three or four rewrites and director switches this has had you, you're never going to convince me that this movie is going to be good until it comes out and I start hearing from people that aren't paid to say this is good <laughs> so and then I, I thought it was odd there wasn't a mention of Shazam Fury of the Gods but I know there's kind of been a little bit of like discourse on Twitter because Zachary Levi has been a little bit like more like you know I hate this. I want to play Shazam and Gunn's been like, Hey, like we're not recasting everybody. And like, I'm really curious to see who they get to stick around. Like, I wonder, I, I really wonder if they're going to make this Shazam, like even the first Shazam movie take place in the new world. Right. Cause right. we see Superman, but we see him from the neck down. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be Henry Cavill. I guess we saw the suit, but uh, either way, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be really curious to see who they bring back and who they don't. But, yeah, uh, more specifically, who they do bring back. And then uh, real quick, we'll talk about the Batman Part 2 was announced um, and um, a 2025 release date, I think. So Matt Reeves coming back. That's all they said. Batman, The Batman Part 2. So that was kind of a given, but uh, I'm still excited. Well, I thought it was a given. And then somebody told me that, like, hey, like, I wouldn't be so sure about that, like, because... There's people talking, saying maybe it's not going to happen because Gunn wants a singular universe, and we now know that's not the case. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and all these plans, I think, uh, I, I don't affect anything that is currently in pre-production. So I think, unfortunately, Joker Two is still going to come out. And I'm excited yeah. about that. I know you don't like the first Joker movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. But 
Uh, we'll see. Maybe when I see a trailer, I'll change my mind. Or I mean, it's uh, supposed whatever. to be musical too, so that might be a little jarring. So we'll see. I, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that and Lady Gaga into the franchise. It's just I'm not yeah. excited about spending more time with that Joker with, the, and especially that director. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, any any projects currently like it doesn't sound like they're scrapping any projects uh, that are in pre-production or, or at least at least in the filming stage. So the Batman Part Two will be a part of Elseworlds. So they're mm-hmm. it's just going to be its own thing. It won't tie into anything. Superman Legacy. We knew about this because Gunn tweeted about it. Um, it's going to be written by him, and the film's going to hit theaters July eleventh. 2025 it's going to focus on superman balancing his kryptonian heritage which is human upbringing he said it's not going to be uh, an origin story like it's going to be an established superman so i was legitimately wondering when they announced superman legacy like are they going to do the superman returns route where they're going to say this is a sequel to the christopher reeve one ones and the brandon routh one i guess then too it was really like because legacy is kind of the title to do that so i was wondering if that was going to happen i I doubt that's going to be the case but let's just say i'm not taking it off the table i I don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm right uh, i don't know if i'm right about this but i think it's based off of a a pre-existing run of the comic books like everything here is pretty much based off of comic books so um i i don't think it will be running like christopher reeve it would be comic book based i think you said uh i I think i think you're right i think you said a specific one i just can't remember which one (laughs) i wanted to say man of tomorrow but i think it's just because he announced supergirl woman of tomorrow but Anyway, do you have do you have uh, brief thoughts on that? Do you I, I, do, I really don't think they're bringing Henry Cavill back, um, even though I know he wants to come back. I'm like pretty sure he's not coming back. Um, if he doesn't come back, do you have an idea of who you'd want? You know, I didn't really think about that, like who I'd want as Superman. Like I'd have to really think about it. Like I feel like that's a really that's a really huge choice. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. part of the Trinity. That's a, like a cornerstone character. Uh, yeah so i'd have to think about it more like maybe maybe towards the end of the show like i'll have something come to me but okay but um but as far as the other properties yeah like um really excited about blue beetle i'm glad they they kept that around Um, i really like um i don't know if i'm gonna say his name right uh zolo uh maduena he was in um he's in cobra kai um and he's he's fantastic i like him a lot as miguel um so i'm excited to see him play like the titular character plus like my introduction to reyes is from a little bit from the comic books, but mainly what first got me into him was uh, uh, Young Justice. Young Justice is a phenomenal animated show. It's great. Um, That's what so, I keep hearing. Uh, yeah, highly recommend that too, um, especially if you love all the animated films like you do. But what else did we touch upon? That Yeah, the Flash movie. You know, I'll, 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 I'll probably go see it. Um, I, I, I did think it was kind of crazy that he threw out there that was like one of the best films he had, comic book movies he had ever seen. Uh, yeah. I, a little jarring from all the news and just you know, just the fact that there's other movies out there that exist, like Wonder Woman, and you know, what I consider higher tier tier films. Uh, sure. But um, yeah, yeah, super static about Superman Legacy. Like, I want to see who they're going to cast. Uh, I don't know. You talked about the Brave and the Bold, right? Did you mention Brave and the Bold? Not yet. No. Okay. So Superman Legacy. Then we have the Authority. Wild Storm characters will join the DCU as members of the Authority to take down, take matters in their own hands to do what they believe is right. So, like a vigilante movie coming out. I think this one is, um, as we were talking a little bit about before we started push to record, Ben Affleck um, supposed to be involved with writing, maybe directing. We think. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't think anything is confirmed, but I think it's one of those that Gunn didn't say it, but I think it's one of those a lot of people believe it, and yeah, you yeah, maybe it's just a rumor. Either way, sure, I like this idea. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that this one is getting the big screen attention, but I like that maybe some smaller properties are going to get some bigger screen attention. You know, um, it seems weird. Like you would think that this would be a miniseries and Lanterns would be the 
a movie event, but whatever. I don't I don't make the calls. Um, but I'm I'm it's I'm excited to see some lesser known characters get some big screen attention. You know, like like the aforementioned Blue Beetle. So, your thoughts yeah, yeah. on uh, the Authority? Yeah, it seems really interesting uh, considering Wildstorm characters were uh, initially image characters that that were bought by um, DC and kind of rolled in. Like if you watch like the Flashpoint um, film, you see Grifter. Grifter was originally an image character that they brought in. Um, so um, yeah, really interesting to see them because they're. I mean, they're they were brought about in the '90s and uh, were created by Jim Lee. So um, they got that going for them. Um, I really like the way that characters look and their designs. But yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I agree. I don't know if it needs to be. It needed to be a movie. It'd be kind of cool if it was a series. Maybe if they flip flop those, but. I think what really got me with keeping the lanterns a TV series is the fact they mentioned the drop true detective. And I was like, all right, yeah, that totally makes sense. Let's that's totally fine where it's at. And you know, it's going to get the the budget that it needs. I mean, HBO throws money at things. So sure. It's going to be quality. Then we get the, the brave and the bold. The DCU will introduce Batman and Robin in this unusual father son story. Spider inspired by Grant Morrison's comic series. So they announced it'll be uh, an established Bruce Wayne, and then um, Damian Wayne here. And they said other members of the Batman family will already have been established. Uh, I don't think in other projects, but I mean, like, I think they they will be pre, like already developed characters. You know, it's not origin yeah, no origin story. Yeah, yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> so uh, quick thoughts. Who do you want to see in the Bat family show up in this movie? Um, do you have an idea for who you want cast as Bat as Batman in this movie? I think it's supposed to be a little older, kind of like how Ben Affleck's was a little older. What would you like to see from this movie? Uh, anything? I mean, like, I think it was really funny that like the way that Damien, uh, James Gunn described Damien Wayne, he's like, he's just a little you know, bastard running around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah. That's true. So um do you have any thoughts on the brave and the bold and if you have a cast and which bat family you'd like to see yeah i don't i don't have a full-on cast but like the characters i'd like to see i mean i of course want to see jason todd as red hood yeah. that'd yep. be fantastic of course dick grayson you can't i don't think you could have a movie like this without dick grayson T- tim drake tim drake is probably my favorite robin um on paper i think it's just really interesting it kind of like really mirrors batman on paper sure yeah i'll go with that yeah and uh, yeah i'm wondering who they would cast for damien that's gonna be really exciting um, but yeah, as far as Batman goes, like I think we've mentioned before, is um, I think we did a fan cast for something else. I think we did a bat uh, for a ba- the Dark Knight Returns, or we we did Dark Knight Returns. And I think we did a Batman movie, like if the DCU did a Batman movie, or it might have been Dark Knight. So. Um, and I said uh, John Hamm. I think John Hamm would be a great Bruce Wayne, a great sure. Batman. I want to see that happen. That'd be great. But yeah, nobody for Damien. Like I'd have to think about it more. I feel like that's that's a harder that's a harder one to nail. Sure, like, you have to really think about it. I I don't um, have an answer for the Batman fan cast right now. What I do have an answer for is just I I would like for this movie to jump straight into Oracle uh, in terms of Batgirl storyline. Like it would kind of suck because that would mean that we wouldn't have like Batgirl being Batgirl. But I think it's, if you're going to make Batman work in 2023, you got to have, you know, the, the guy in the chair, right? You got to have like the super techie person plus yeah. Alfred, right? You have to have somebody like Oracle who's able to, you know, be the eyes and ears and all the tech side of stuff, you know, somebody developing, you know, they, you know, like, uh, yeah, you got to have a Lucius Fox and a Alfred and an Oracle if you want to make it really work. So I would like to see them, especially if we're already establishing, but then I think that gives you the idea if they want to make a solo Batgirl movie and, and make it a prequel, like they could tell the story of how she, you know, becomes paralyzed and eventually becomes Oracle. I think there's maybe a really good, like story in there about like overcoming your loss or like making making a good use of a situation like you know not just you know 
giving up uh, overcoming adversity yeah overcoming adversity i think it's a really good movie in there so but either way like i think let's just jump straight to oracle and um um especially because like or like we've seen batgirl before like we've not seen batgirl done well before (laughs) on the big screen but we've seen the alicia silverstone in two movies like let's just jump to oracle oracle's a great character so and then uh next project that we have is uh supergirl woman of tomorrow (laughs) i just i really like this because it sounded like um, this is a very confused Supergirl. A very, uh, from what James Gunn was saying, it is a very um, a more hateful, a more um, brutal than Superman. Like like less, you know, the American way. Like a little bit more, yeah. like uh, I don't know, maybe kind of like the way they portrayed Batman and Batman versus Superman. <laughs> so um, thoughts on Supergirl? It sounds fantastic. Plus, like like Kara Kara was like a character who had to like she had to live through all of this. Like she had to live through like her planet being destroyed. She wasn't like a baby, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she got stuck in a capsule and was like frozen for 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 a moment. So she got to like absorb like what happened to the world that she lived in. Where Superman had no knowledge of like Krypton, you know what I mean? Like he was a baby when he got yeah. shot off. So it's always it's super interesting. Like he's older than her, but like he shouldn't be. <laughs> it's, it's it's a really weird dynamic that they have. But like yeah, I, I think it's a really cool take of like her being kind of bitter and kind of more hateful because like that would be the natural thing to happen, right? Like <laughs> if you're yeah. put in those circumstances where like everything you, everyone you've known and love and the planet you lived on was destroyed. So sure. Uh, yeah. I think it's really interesting. And then the last thing is swamp thing. We don't really know anything about it. Although the, it, it's already been rumored that James Gunn wants James Mangold for this film. Sure. Like, I'm really excited about the project. I don't like, I, and I like obviously James Mangold did Logan and uh, the Wolverine and, the Wolverine's fine and Logan's great. We'll we'll get to talk about them in full at one day one day because we've not talked about any of the X Men movies here. But but yeah, the uh, J- James Mangold, sure, I, I'll watch anything he makes at this point. Yeah, he's a great but director. I, I'm I would be I would be really interested in if they wanted to bring back Andy Muschietti. You know, if if uh, James Gunn really likes the Flash, like and Andy Muschietti did the It movies, like swamp, bring him back for Swamp Thing. That'd be that'd be freaking terrifying. Yeah. No, I, I like the choice, like the rumor choice of James Mangold. I think he's really good at uh, like harnessing and like handling dark material. Sure. I mean, look what he did with Logan. I mean, and uh, what he did with most of the Wolverine, except the the last, the third act is, you know, kind of where it falls off the rails. But like, it's kind of a darker tone movie. It's handled very seriously. Yeah. So I think he'd be fantastic for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about that. Like, I'm not the biggest Swamp Man, uh, Swamp Thing fan, but like, uh, not because I don't want to be, but like, it's just kind of like every comic book uh, character. It's hard to like to find the diving in point and like you kind of pick and choose your characters. But like, um, I've always liked the way he looked and I, I kind of like, I have a, like a soft spot for the eighties movies, <laughs> even though they're really not that great. Um, they're really, they're really cool. So sure. Yeah. <clears throat> That'll do it for that. Uh, there's our not so brief thoughts on the DCU announcements. We'll move on to a quick random question. Uh, Joe, how do you like your pizza? I don't like my pizza. Uh, are we talking about toppings or about temperature? Yeah. Top, top toppings, temperature, style, toppings. whatever. Man, pizza I could pretty much eat anything except for probably anchovies, and I probably would still eat it. So I just love pizza. But um, do you like go for supreme meat lovers? Just cheese, uh, deep dish, Detroit style pan, Chicago style, the right way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to say, like, um, my my friend's gonna hate me because he he hates this type of pizza. And, like, I think half the world does. But I love Hawaiian. Like, I, I, can't sure. go wrong with a good wine. Yeah, wine's great. But I love combo too. Combo and wine are probably my go-tos. Um, mm-hmm. But I also do love Indian pizza. Uh, 
if you live in, live in Fremont, we have a like a like a deep and rich Indian culture here, and uh, the Indian pizza here is terrific. Like you throw you throw a stone around here, and you you, you really hit so like it's, a, so it's a nice what, like got a spot. curry sauce instead of a marinara. Right, they Ooh. have different types of like chicken tikka pizza and like yeah you know, uh, that, you know, that's really pizza. interesting, but I don't it's really agree. Like <laughs> <laughs> it will change your mind. It might change your mind. Okay, but uh, look, uh, Chicago style is the best kind of pizza there is. Any any sort of pa- Detroit style is great. New York style's good. I, I, anything with like a pan crust, it, I, I'd much rather prefer um, than a, than a crispy or a hand tossed. Uh, You're not a knife and fork guy. Crust. No, Just look sometimes there. right. Look, I don't mind. I don't mind a gas station pizza every now and then. You know, I, I live in Iowa. We have Casey's, so Casey's has some, some oh, yeah. really great dollar pizza. You know, but uh, but yeah, the. Uh, no, I, I would much rather prefer a pan style, um, specifically Chicago style, if they offer it. Like when Little Caesars has Detroit style, I really like getting that. I, I would prefer a Supreme, no black olives uh, on my Supreme. Some people do and some people don't. But yeah, I want the mushrooms. I want onion, but not a lot of onion. And I want it to be in big chunks so I can pick it off if I want it, if I want to. Green bell pepper. I'll take it all. Uh, pepperoni sauce. Specific, specifically, I always, I almost always want mushrooms on my pizza. Our go-to is we order from Pizza Hut, and I do uh, a barbecue chicken pizza with mushrooms and pineapple on it, and I think that's really good. Yeah, barbecue chicken pizza is a it's a good go-to. But like Supreme Chicago style would be my preferred. That sounds good. No, I'm just hungry. Thank you. I'm just hungry. Yeah, now. You're welcome. <laughs> let's move on to talking about two films that are coming up this week. We got Magic Mike's Last Dance and Sharper. Uh, let's start with Sharper. This is coming to uh, Apple TV Plus February seventeenth. A con artist, con artist takes on Manhattan's billionaires, directed by Benjamin Karen, uh, writer written by Brian Gatewood and Alessandro Tanaka, um, Justice Smith, uh, Brianna Middleton, Sebastian Stan, uh, Hannah Dunn, Julianne Moore, John Lithgow. That seems to be like the big names I recognize. Sharper, what do you think? Let's we're gonna imagine uh, this is Apple TV Plus. It's oh, it's also a twenty four worth mentioning. We're, this isn't. As far as I know, going to have a theatrical release, probably a limited one like Apple does with however they do. We're going to assume this is a theatrical release. We're going to assume that the only thing keeping you back is your free will. Are you going to go check this out uh, in theaters? Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till you can pay. Uh, wait till you can stream it on a service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in seeing this movie? It's funny because I'll see a movie and I'll be not lukewarm to it, but I'll be like, that looks like a good movie. And I see the A24 logo, and then my interest peaks even higher. Like it's like a whole mm-hmm. other grade. Um, because I, I don't think I've seen a movie there's where I didn't enjoy it. Um, the Lighthouse for me, but I know I you love like the Lighthouse. That movie. Yeah, I do. For me, I'll say I'll say theaters just because of the like the A twenty four production. The cast is great. I think the director is really solid. I forgot what he directed that I saw, which I really enjoyed. Oh, Andor. He directed three episodes of Andor, and every episode of Andor has was amazing. Like it felt like it was directed by the same person, which is. I think it's a good attestment to like how good each one of those directors were and how like cohesive they were. And uh, yeah, I, I always love seeing Sebastian Stan and stuff. I think he's, he's phenomenal. I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but like, <laughs> but like we, we, we saw him in these, you know, the, the Captain America films, all the Marvel films. And then he started sprouting up other places. I'm like, man, this, has, this guy has chops. Like he's very right. versatile. Um, just the cast in general. I think the only, only person I'm kind of lukewarm on is Justice Smith. Like I feel like sometimes he feels like he's, he always plays like a character who's kind of morose. Kind of mm-hmm. plays like usually around the same type of characters, but I'm um, not that he's a bad actor, but um, yeah, maybe he'll be like, really great in this movie. Though. But um, yeah, so. uh, I'm uh, look. Yeah, I'm looking at A24's catalog, trying to find a bad movie besides The Lighthouse. Um, and <laughs> like, I, I know there's a couple on here that like 
people I know have seen it that haven't really liked it. Like men would be a good example, but there's some really good stuff. A lot of stuff I didn't know they did like Mississippi grind. And, uh, I forgot they did green room. Green rooms good, but, but a lot, a lot of great stuff in here, obviously. Um, really? Like yeah. Green I mean, room. pretty solid. Uh, let's see. Wow. Now the, those are listed. Oh, I, I didn't like the green light, but, but I'm not going to call that like a bat. Like it's, that was just a movie that was never going to be for me. So, like I didn't like it. I I hated it, but I was not the audience for that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like I'm fully fully willing to do that. I didn't like Uncut Gems. Oh no, I actually really liked both of those movies. Yeah. Well, so so yeah, Uncut Gems. The, the, the th- either way, massive catalog, great everything, everywhere, all at once. Ex Machina, First Reformed, um, Hereditary, like still ha- Lady Birds. And, uh, I haven't seen it. I just so like that's what I don't really want to say. Good. Uh, Minari's great, you know, like uh, Moonlight's Best Picture winner, you know, uh, really like X. Anyway, a, you're it's, right. A24's <laughs> a tw- Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. You know, I haven't seen Midsummer. A24 already has me at least in the in the streaming category, most likely in the rent category. But yeah, you, you mentioned Benjamin Karen and I haven't seen Andor yet. It's it's high up on my to watch list. But uh, but the, but the, that that show has enough clout that I'm going to go ahead and say that's a really big push for it. He also did a episode of Sherlock. I wish it told me which one he did. <laughs> Season four, episode three, the final problem. That was the most recent episode that came out, right? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't dived in yet to Sherlock for oh, good things. So good. Yeah. So, so he directed the season four finale, which is the most recent episode to have come out. And every, every episode save maybe one of Sherlock is excellent. There's like one, I think it's the second episode in season one that I'm just like, it's fine. But yeah, Sherlock's excellent. And so, yeah, th- those two things alone are going to get me into super interested. So I'll be checking this one out pretty much as soon as I can, as soon as I have the free time. So let's move on to Magic Mike. Uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance, uh, mostly starring Channing Tatum and Salma Hayek. Um, they're kind of the ones featured here. Uh, I'm sure there's some other people that you'll recognize, some faces you can put a name to, some names you can put a face to, all that good stuff. Steven Soderbergh coming back for this one. Only in theaters this Valentine's Day. Coming out February 10th. Um, I guess the the last film that I, Sharper was, uh, it said February 17th, so I wonder that one must have like a limited release this week. I pulled it from Wikipedia for whatever their dates say it is. So anyway, Magic Mike 3, Magic Mike Last Dance. Uh, same thing. Theaters rent st- skippers or streamer skip. Uh, yeah, um, my history with like this franchise, um, I was like really surprised. I, I really enjoyed the first movie and then didn't realize that what well, I don't think I realized initially who had directed it. And I was like, oh, um, it's a Soderbergh film. I was like, of course, I enjoy this. I usually end up enjoying like a lot of his films. So, yeah. And I, and I thought like Shane Tatum was like super charismatic, which he, you know, he's really fantastic. I think he's one of those actors that has grown over time. Um, we've always known he has like great comedic uh, timing, but I think he's also kind of grown into being more serious roles as well he's good at it um but yeah I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this and plus like the the addition of selma hike anything selma hikes in, i'll watch it like i think she's she's another person that's like you got to see her evolution as an as an actor having english be her second language and like her really grow into like these different roles and like academy award with uh, frida and just everything she's in like she's a joy to watch um yeah i'm actually pretty excited about this i remember watching the second film i don't remember too much about it i remember kind of liking it it wasn't as good as the first one but yeah i'll watch a drama it doesn't matter what the what the subject matter is. So I have not seen either of the first two movies. I'm aware their reputation is a little bit better than I think anybody expected them to be. Yeah. 
And uh, so I'm just going to base solely off the trailer that I've seen several times in theaters. Like, uh, sure, why not? Let's go rent because it looked like uh, Chaney Tatum and Samahag have some uh, some surprisingly good chemistry. Uh, yeah. Maybe not surprisingly, like some good chemistry. It, the first two movies have a reputation uh, and uh, like a, a good one. Soderbergh makes good movies. Sure, yeah, I'm on. I'm on board. It looked. It looked funny. Uh, it looked. Uh, I don't know that this is really my kind of movie necessarily, but how am I really supposed to know? You know, especially if I haven't seen the first two. So, like, I'm certainly open to watching the the one and two, and then uh, checking this one out. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my that's all that's all I have to say. Uh, do you have anything else to say about either of these movies? I don't think there's anything any closing thoughts I have. Yeah, like like, like I say again with Sharper, I think the thing that really stood out to me. Um, was the fact that the director had directed uh, three episodes of Andor, which is a surprise to me how good that show was. Uh, it would kind of like rekindle your faith into the Star Wars franchise. There's kind of lulls, you know what I mean? Like you'll have like, uh, you have your Mandalorian and then you'll have your Boba Fett and you're like, uh, and then the Andor kind of like peaks again. So uh, that got me really excited. And as far as Magic Mike 3 goes, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's going to be a good film. Uh, Soderbergh usually knocks out of the park. I don't think I liked his last film. Uh, Kimmy? Yeah, Kimmy wasn't, great for me technically it looked great but the plot and the story was kind of it was a little rough for me but it was still technically sound so there was there was that <laughs> but uh but sure he's got more hits and misses let's just say that for sure true that'll take us uh to our sif topic but first before we do that joe any place you want people to be able to contact you and reach you and follow you your socials or whatever yeah uh, per usual when people whoever tunes in uh you're hitting me up on Instagram at the Star Spangled Avenger. There's an underscore under each one of those words. Uh, talking everything from comic books to weight training to anime, uh, mainly anime. I've been watching so much anime throughout the pandemic, post pandemic. So, yeah. Uh, and then a uh, quick reminder patreon.com sifpopwr if you want to check out more uh, content uh, for early access episodes of the show and more, more of me talking about films in shorter format. Um, so let's move on to talking about Ghost Rider one and two. Yes, Joe, we have to, um, uh, Ghost Rider. We are obviously going to go in, um, the chronological order of these films. Um, when motorcycle rider, Johnny blaze sells a soul to the devil to save his father's life. He is transformed into the ghost rider, the devil's own bounty hunter, and is, uh, sent to hunt down sinners. Uh, Mark Steven Johnson writing and directing this Nicholas cage, Sam Elliott, and Eva Mendez leading this one. Uh, also, Donald Logue, Brett Cullen, making some experience, uh, some uh, uh, appearances here, as well as Wes Bentley and um, Peter Fonda as well. This movie is way too good of a cast for... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I take that back. I, I do take that comment back, and for reasons we'll get to. Uh, like, there, like, there's... Like, for Peter Fonda, Peter Fonda to be in this movie, that's, that's really where that comment comes from. Yeah. Because the more I'm thinking, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, the first Ghost Rider movie. Joe, what is your history with this movie and, and this character in general? Uh, as far as the, the character in general, um, I never really grew up like reading a lot of Ghost Rider comic books, but he would he would pop up in different places because he's kind of an anti-hero. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of sometimes he would become an antagonist. Uh, but most notably, there was a... There was a uh, there was an X-Men run in the nineties. This is when Jim Lee was still, um, was still the artist. And I think it was still, I think Claremont was still writing and, uh, where Ghost Rider was the antagonist. And, uh, that was a really interesting, uh, kind of run of books. 
so that's what I mainly remember him from. I mean, and I collected all the the cards in the nineties. Had a bunch of those. Like I remembered everybody's stats and whatnot. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's really your your age group, but like I used to collect all those in the nineties, and those were really awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I loved collecting like Ghost Rider, like the characters look a little darker, Wolverine and whatnot, a little edgier characters. Um, but as far as the movie goes, I, I believe I saw it in theaters. And I think the thing that's really funny about this, this came out a year before Iron Man and the Dark Knight. So just right before that cusp where, where superhero films really blew the, like the doors off uh, of everything. So uh, I remember really not liking it back then. And uh, I mean, we'll see if that, that opinion has changed or not, but um, yeah, I don't, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't have fond memories of it. <laughs> uh, this came out in 2007. I was a 12 year old at the time. And as any 12 year old that saw this movie, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I, I'm making assumptions for a lot of 12 year olds, but like, Look, it, it didn't take a lot to please me as a 12-year-old, and I thought that there was some really interesting stuff going on. Um, ultimately, I never thought it was a great movie, but I thought, it's fine. It, I, I I watched this movie a good chunk of times between you know 2007 and 2008, and probably not since. But uh, but yeah, like I, I remember thinking that this is one of those movies that people trash on, and it's just not worth like what they are, uh, what they're trashing on. You know, it's not it's not as bad as people say. So. Let's get down to it. Uh, oh, as far as uh, history with the character, um, it exclusively goes between these two films, Marvel or Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three, and the season four run uh, in Agents of Shield. So um, that's like my only experience with the character uh, up until this point. So, uh, and yes, I'm a Ghost Rider main in Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three because he is a cheat code with his chain attack. He's he's pretty good. <laughs> And he's just, he just looks cool. He just does. Yeah. Okay, Ghost Rider. Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Joe. I don't, I don't think I hate this movie. And the reason why I don't hate this movie because of, because of, uh, of Cage. It's kind of hard not to like his eccentric mannerisms and his crazy acting. So I put, for here, I put dislike to, to just okay at times, mainly on the dislike portion, but I don't absolutely hate this movie. But because it's, it's, I remember when we were talking about Blade, uh, trinity last week you guys were like oh you know it's fun you know it's it's a it's a fun watch that's how i kind of mm-hmm. feel about this like there's some things that are so silly that i just couldn't help but laugh like how stupid they were and like the choice they made so um there's just some stuff about this it's just incredibly laughable we'll, we'll get more into it but um just a lot to, uh, so much slow motion slow motion and speeding up in yeah. this and terrible editing so so i am gonna go very strong dislike this movie. I think if you'd have asked me before I saw it again, I'd have been like, my recollection would be just okay. Like right and just just okay. I'm gonna go really strong dislike, and I don't have a single good thing to say about this movie, <laughs> but I don't necessarily know that anything was like bad enough for me to go, I hate it, right? Like it like it wasn't actively making me mad or whatever. It was actively making me sigh and cringe. <laughs> yeah. But but like this movie's not like offensively bad or anything like some movies that have gone to the hate it camp. So a really strong, really strong dislike it. You're right. Maybe, maybe cages performance like kind of brings it into like, I at least was kind of entertained and, uh, but that's, yeah, maybe that's the only thing keeping out. I hate it. There's, I, I have literally nothing positive to say about this movie. I guess like, I liked when they when they gave Ghost Rider his like his outfit halfway through the movie, you know, because he has the you know he he steals the guy's jacket and it was just like oh yeah. that's the Ghost Rider. Like, I don't know. I guess props to costume, but like the effects are terrible. Like even for two thousand seven, they're terrible. <laughs> like like here's right, here's my first note about this movie. This movie visually looks like it belongs in two thousand one, 
and to be directed by a Fast and Furious director. Like, like that's exactly the aesthetic that this is. And that's six years later, man. And the entire time I was watching this movie, I was, I was, I just thought this movie was older than it is because again, I, I was did, 12 I at the time, <laughs> right? I, I thought this was like 2004, right? And in 2004, you can excuse a lot of this away. But in 2007, we are two years after Batman Begins. <laughs> and we are one year before The Dark Knight and before Iron Man. Like, this belongs so. This belongs in, like, the Daredevil Electra era. It, it does. It, it feels that way, too. It feels really misplaced. So Yeah, so it's, it's just one of those when you when you stop and you consider this movie came out one year before... The Dark Knight. This movie came out after Batman Begins. That is wild. How do you still make this movie? And not a little bit, right? Two years later, you had time to change some things. <laughs> How did you possibly think that this movie was going to work? And it doesn't at all. So, yeah, this movie looks like it belongs in 2001, um, directed by whoever did the first Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. The... The whole backstory for the Nicolas Cage thing, uh, the selling his soul to whatever you want to call him, <laughs> Mephisto or um, whatever his given name is in the movie, uh, Mephistopheles. Yeah, Mephisto. yeah. They could, I don't know why this didn't like just go with Mephisto, but they don't. Even, they don't even. I think they they say his name a few times. I think. I think they, Black, they say I his think, name. I'm just realizing that's that's long form for Mephisto now. Okay. Yeah, I think Blackheart mentions his full name a couple of times. Right. I'll just call him Mephisto then. So like the whole him signing his soul over to Mephisto, like doing like I've seen that exact story like two thousand times. You know, like even when I saw the movie for the first time as a twelve year old, I knew as soon as I'm like, you just made a deal with the devil. Yes, you you asked you got your father to be healthy, but like. As soon as literally the second that he drives that motorcycle, but like he's gonna die in this motorcycle crash. Like that's how deal. That's how these deals with the devil work. That's a monkey paw thing, right? Here. Yeah, yeah. Like even as a twelve year old, they couldn't fool me for a second. So it's it, this this whole movie is very very tropey. Like it's very tropey. It's very predictable. But yeah, and and look, so was Blade Trinity. But I had fun with Blade Trinity. I I did not have fun. Come on, you, you have fun watching Nicolas Cage eat jelly beans out of a martini glass. Look. Actually yes. Actually, yes. And my wife said, we have martini glasses. Can I go buy some jelly beans and put them in martini glasses? Uh, and I said, that's stupid. I like where your head's at, but that's just, that's not a space saver. Tell you something else I didn't like. Nicolas Cage's atrocious, atrocious accent. Uh, offensive <laughs> at times. That was... Uh, look, he didn't have to be from Texas. <laughs> like, just because he lives in Texas doesn't mean he had to be born there. Man... I'm sure if I if I close my eyes, I'd be like, "That's a Texan." I would have been like, "That dead dude's from Texas." I'd have been like, "That that's dude how, is good a mid two thousands bad actor doing a Texas," uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been correct. I wrote this note down during the uh, freeway scene where um, they back up tra- traffic on the interstate in Texas. Yeah, and then people are like running out of the cars to go like, "Oh, it's just Johnny Blaze. Can we have your autograph?" Look, no stuntman has ever been this popular. <laughs> it's even in Texas. Like <laughs> that's, the, the only one that comes to mind that's like that popular. Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. That's it. That's it. But but if Evil Knievel stopped a ton of traffic on the interstate or on a two lane highway, like a very popular two lane highway, people are still going to be mad and be like, "Look, get out of the way, you jack wagon!" Like no. <laughs> well, they'll, pr- they'll probably tell them after they get the autograph. 
<laughs> Probably. <laughs> here's here's one of the things too. I have really two two big gripes about like the consistency between this and Spirit of Vengeance. If he is this popular in this movie, how does nobody know who he is in, in Spirit of Vengeance? I get it's halfway across the world and a few years later, but if Johnny Blaze is this popular, well, how does well, he how is he uh, never recognized in in Spirit of Vengeance? We'll we'll get into it when we talk about Spirit of Vengeance, but but there are, there are reasons like that are pretty clear. Okay. That's okay. I'm like I know I know that Spirit of Vengeance was a soft reboot, but like still like, Exactly. It's, it's just one of those if you watch them back to back and you're like this guy that stopped the freeway and everybody saw him from from however many cars back we're like that's Johnny Blaze. I'm going to go get his autograph. It didn't now even, nobody nobody knows who he is. Not not to tip the hand too much, but like it didn't even feel like a soft reboot. It felt like a reboot. It felt Sure. Sure. Almost like they didn't even belong in the same universe. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more. All right, so uh, I specifically wrote down this one line as a way to iterate just how awful the dialogue is in this movie. Oh, it's so I will bad. Re- I will wolf. retire him just like I will retire you, father. Oh, my God. <laughs> I put um, as a note, as a con, the dialogue, comma, woof. <laughs> it's look i could have wrote down 30 times throughout this movie that it made me cringe and like look i don't remember it being that bad but like honestly I, I, the only things i remember was nicholas cage riding up the building uh, ghost rider riding up the building and then uh the wh- what's it called the penitent stair that's what it's called right the, the penance stair Pe- penance stair yeah. yeah like i remember that when he did it to the first guy he's like look into my eyes and you know all the he sees all the all the pain that he's caused on other people and that just I can't, literally I can't, kills like that, the early 2000 effects i don't know yeah, I, it, it, was, kind of, it kind of got me if it came out in 2001 no complaints no notes <laughs> but yeah it's it's uh it was uh i i could have wrote down 30 times that the dialogue made me either laugh or cringe i could have wrote down 30 times it made me laugh and 30 times it made me cringe but not laugh for good reasons laugh like how did this go through writing pre-production filming editing all that and then I looked in the IMDb trivia and Nicolas Cage is a huge Ghost Rider fan. And he said he wrote some of the lines for the script. And it's like, oh, that's how. Yeah. You let well, Nicolas Cage. A, I mean, he's a huge comic book. I mean. Yeah. 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 That's where he got his last name is from Luke Cage. So. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, the one of the funniest things I saw and it made me like burst out laughing. Uh, Evan Mendes' character, Roxanne, she's like waiting for him at dinner. And she pulls out a magic eight ball out of her purse. Why do you have a magic eight ball in your purse? What is? <laughs> why <do> you have... <laughs> Look in two thousand one, absolutely. In two thousand seven, not. A... <laughs> and the thing that really got me was uh, she. She's like drunk because she's had a couple glasses of wine, and she asks the waiter, "Like, do you think I'm pretty right?" And he goes, uh. and "I'm like, this is two thousand seven, Eva Mendes." I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> this guy's like." I don't know. He works at a really fancy restaurant. Maybe he just sees like uh, you know gazillion gorgeous women pop through. But yeah, I, I mean, like, I guess I, was like, I guess Mendes. every single woman that walks in there is Scarlett Johansson and <laughs> and right. uh, you know upper echelon uh, classic beauty right. standards. You know what I mean? But like that was right. the that K- Kate Uptons and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that made me laugh. I was like, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I, I paused the movie and looked at my wife, and I'm like, she's not on my list, but like. I certainly wouldn't say no. <laughs> I, yeah, she's ob- object- like she, objectively she, really attractive. You know what she, I mean? Like, she's gorgeous, stunning, <laughs> right? She's great. Uh, I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid because Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. But yeah, like she's, yeah. The other thing I noticed, man, 
the whole all the wardrobe in this movie is terrible. You know, all the bad guys are wearing like they're all wearing punky, early two thousands with stuff too. Punky leather again belongs to the Fast and Furious movie. Every single outfit that uh, Eva Mendez wears, they have it the 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 cut the slit in her top is <sighs> all, always goes down lower than like her bra line, and it was just it's just one of those things that's like we really like. We really were okay with this in 2007. Like, you know, got to get the the 15 year old kids, you know, the teenagers. This would be the the prototypical movie I would start showing people when they ask, what is the male gaze? I'd be like, here's Ghost Rider on DVD. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't understand, here's Ghost Rider and here's Wonder Woman. Show me how these two were shot. (laughs) Also, like, Uh, here's a funny thing. I was when I was watching it, she she gets stood up, right? Mm-hmm. she talks to him says a bunch of mean stuff rightfully so says a bunch of mean stuff then she comes to his apartment or his loft i think it's more of a loft slash warehouse and it was like she's apologizing to him i was like what do you have to apologize for he stayed you up yep. and he gave you no explanation uh yeah so that was like like you said male gaze like here you go here's the film she's reduced to the love interest she has none of, no agency whatsoever she's just like apologizing for things i wouldn't say getting gaslit because she's really not but like He's not giving like he's giving crazy answers to things. Of course, nobody would think that you're the ghost of vengeance and you go out hunting people at night. Like you got to, you know, really explain that a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's it's absurd. Um, there's a there's a scene where he explains to Evan Mendez what's going on. Um, yeah. Where, where he's where he's saying I'm the this the person right. and and she's like so I either have to believe that that this or that you're a crazy person and then smash cut to her leaving right yeah i wrote two notes in the scene number one is nicholas cage is so bad in this movie <laughs> but i also don't want to see anybody else in this movie like no i don't either i, th- I think they wrote the script entirely around nicholas cage is ghost rider what does that look like and you know and then everything else turned out exactly how you would expect uh <laughs> but like but yeah it's one of those where it's like i couldn't see all right take take this movie out and throw a russell crowe in the role role like mm. it doesn't work nah. like even a little bit not even like on a fun like russell roche russell crowe shows up to work drunk and you know just needing a paycheck or whatever like no 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 doesn't work you could even tell me like jason muse jay from jay and silent bob and like, no, not a chance, you know. And obviously, like, he's not a no. You need you need an actor, cage in this right? film. Like, he's an actor, but he's a you know he's a comedian. He's not a yeah yeah. Anyway, he's not a superstar. Literally, nobody else in this role I, you could put in and be like, oh yeah, all right, cool. Uh, Kurt Kurt Russell, throw Kurt Russell in this movie. No, not a chance. Doesn't work. Yeah, he uh, still have to change up a bit. J- Jason Statham, who twelve year old me, biggest fan. Nah, wouldn't work. Maybe the closest like to any of these but still wouldn't work um and the other note i wrote from that scene is jesus even eva mendez is terrible in this she's this is by far the worst performance i've ever seen from her and look she's not like a great actress she's not like one of those that we consider the all-time greats but i've never had a problem with her in any of my movie in any of the movies that i've seen her in like again like i'm a little bit of too fast too furious fan she's great in training day yeah, between uh, two pines, like she's she's been in movies where she's been good. That movie sucks, but she's good. She's great I, in the other guys. I agree. I I think that movie's not the not the just you know kind of get off the rails, but I think that mo- that's a it's a bad movie with some good performances. Like it's not a good script. You know what I mean? Like 
Oh, the place beyond the pines? Yeah. It's okay. like, I thought you were talking about the other guys. Like, not a chance. I'm no, not the, taking that no, slider the, here. <laughs> no, no, the other guys is amazing. We already talked yeah. about that, yeah. The other guys, um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, she's great. Yeah, and that Hitch? movie's not good either. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I kind of like that one. Yeah, it, it, like, it's it's the weakest of the three, but it's fun. So, look, she hasn't had a great career, but she's, like, certainly better in every other role she's been in besides this one. This is by far her worst role. Like, and it's not even kind of close, so... Nah, at least of anything I've seen. I mean, there's still the spirit and bad lieutenant port protocol New Orleans, um, but that's spirit's kind of yikes too. But yeah. like, it can't be this bad, right? Uh, I, I've <laughs> only seen the spirit once. I don't plan ever watching it again unless it comes to this podcast. So, well, it's on the list of potentials to talk about. Oh, good. Okay, we'll see. A- anyway, like point point being, like I see Eva Mendes in a role, and I'm not like oof, but she's terrible in this. So yeah, she's not great. I wrote the visual. Say, of- I will say who's great though. And even given the, the really terrible dialogue, Sam Neill is still killing it in this movie. Uh, Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Elliott. Sorry. Sam. Yeah. Sam Neill. Sorry. He's, he's playing Sam Elliott and that's fine. Which is right? great. But like, he's got a fantastic voice. He does. He has a great voice. He has, a, a, he, he knows what he does. He does the same thing in every movie. You know, he does the same thing in tombstone and the same thing in big Lebowski, you know, He's just kind of, he plays Sam Elliott in every role that he's in. And that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love that he, I love that he has that kind of career that, you know, he probably didn't need to look up a script. He just showed up and be like, all right, so what am I doing? Oh, you're playing yourself. Got it. Cool. Knocks it out. And then just, yeah, knocks a couple scenes out, goes home and gets a paycheck later. So like, he's, he's fine. Right. But he didn't have to do anything special. (laughs) And, and the movie makes it, oh my God, like. Maybe the big, the worst part about this movie is is the fact that they try to pull off that Sam Elliott was the original Ghost Rider, like as a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> the only person that knows what's going on that like doesn't have a TV or anything around yet he knows and he knows all this lore and he knows exactly what he needs to say to Johnny Blaze. Like it's obvious this guy was the original Ghost Rider. Like not even close, especially since there was that tease in the beginning that kind of explained the original. Anyway, yeah, it's. I don't know if that was intentional. They're just trying to like placate to what I would call the cheap seats. Like, uh, you know, look at you figured this out. But it's like, nah, I was pretty transparent who he was. I think they made a movie for six years old and for six year olds and even six year olds saw it coming. Yeah, I think so. I wrote down that the visual effects are actually like interesting in this movie. Like there's definitely some things that I'm like, I get what you're going for, but the technology just quite wasn't there in 2007. Or, like, the right team just wasn't on it or whatever. There's a million reasons. It's not necessarily, you know, one particular thing. But, like, there was at least some things I was like, like, all right, I get what you're going for. That looks fine. Uh, and then there was other moments where it was just terrible. And the the biggest part is that it was really inconsistent with everything. Like, like, like sometimes there was actually some pretty decent effects. And then the, the skull on fire never looked good. Looked too shiny. And then there were, yeah, exactly, right? It looked the materials too, looked too shiny. It looked too clean, too. Yeah. But then the uh, the other part of it, too, is like even in moments where they choose to use visual effects, like uh, like where they have a demon um, and they want to show off that he's a demon. So they have a bolt of lightning strike like and then they just show like an X-ray version of the face. Like even when they choose to do that is super inconsistent in the movie. And like when they choose to reveal like yeah. the shadow of a figure or like it, it's all just to, to play it, to play in it, you know? 
So yeah. So both from a from an actual aesthetic standpoint and in terms of like a when does this do that? Very inconsistent. Yeah. I think I would have preferred to with Mephisto and like in Blackheart when they weren't like instead of those flashes, like oh yeah, they had that that laughable effect that's almost like straight out of Br- Brand Stoker's Dracula, where they show Peter Fonda's uh silhouette and it's yep. like moving, it looks like a hunched over like demon and it just looks super terrible. Man, it looks it looks terrible. But the worst part was that it didn't make any of any sense, like how that shadow would project. Like a shadow, the sh- the shadow wouldn't project on that unless the lightning bolt came from inside the tent, and it didn't. Like, it was just this. Like I was like, this makes no visual sense. It is yeah. not like a creature lurking outside. If there's a creature lurking outside, then that shadow. Ma- anyway, this is just you know. Yeah, like, like I was saying, I would have preferred if like. At some point in time, they showed them in their demon form, like actually like comic book accurate. Like I'm sure something in the MCU, they would have been more comic book accurate. Like Blackheart is like a massive, huge blue demon and he looks really cool. You know, and some people know what Mephisto looks like. They've seen pictures of him, but like he looks like your traditional kind of devil red and like has like really crazy, like frayed out hair, kind of like Wolverine. So I think that would have been cool to show them like that. But like these movies were never accurate during this time. Like they were just, they thought it was silly to try to look like comic books, which 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 we know is like completely the opposite. Like usually the more faithful you are now, like there's better response to um, from fans. So yeah. The last note I have is just that this movie's ending is so boring. It's bland. first of all, the, the fact that Sam Elliott's ghost writer, like just rides with him and then leaves. It's like, what? And then, like and then he dies, only, right? I mean, yeah, he's like, I only had one more ride in me. I'm like, why did you go? And you, him? and you couldn't like, he's like, I get it, but you couldn't like, you already rode there. You couldn't make it 10 more minutes like to help him or you know, to die trying like, yeah, anyway. And then, or at least see the contract, you know, resolved, see him win see Nick Cage, see Johnny blaze, not, you know, destroy like, the world. He's like a glorified sh- chaperone. It was really weird. It, it's a really awkward scene. It doesn't really make it, any sense. And it's like Nick Cage didn't not know where he was going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he where he was going. Why didn't you just draw him a map or something? I don't know. How's it? It was a, it's just a stupid thing, but like the ending is just so boring and that's the worst, that's the worst thing for a, you know, comic book ending, comic book movie to be is just boring comic book final fight scene. And I, I also wrote this down. I wish, I wish that the penitent scare, a uh, stare would have been like, it is the thing that eventually kills, um, the, yeah, hunger games guy, Seneca crane actor, dude, <laughs> the, the 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 like villain of the movie it is the thing that actually kills him eventually but i wish i wish that would have been the first time we saw the penitent stare like i think that would have been a much more powerful moment if we didn't see the exact same thing earlier yeah but like if that because especially too at the very least even if the rest of the movie is the exact same at the very least now you have your people your ghost rider fans that went to the movie and they said all i wanted to see was the penitent stare uh, the penance stare, penance stare. Sorry, whatever. Same thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Ghost Rider fans would have been like, all I wanted to see was a penance stare, and it was in a, it was done in a super satisfying way, and everything else about the movie sucked, but that moment was great, and it wasn't great because we already saw the exact same thing before. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was just unfortunate. So that should have just, my opinion, that should have just been safe for the finale. Also, like. There's kind of one of those like henchman things going on where he's got like the water, the and the air, like side yeah. demon people. And they're like they're so easily killed. Like especially like the one leading up to the final fight scene. The that was the the water one, right? Oh yeah, he dies in like two seconds. Like it's like it's laughable. I, I actually I started laughing during that too. I was like, why why was he why were you 
The wind one was kind of fun how he killed him, though. We yeah, this yeah. I was like, that was kind of cool kill. That, that was... A... All right, there we go. I have two positive things to say about this movie. I liked that <laughs> moment. Uh, yeah. I, I'm out of notes. Do you have anything else? I, uh, I like the bike transformation. I thought that was kind of cool. I like the I like the transformation stuff. I think it looks... If I think about it from like an early 2000s sensibility, which I did throughout this movie, I kept forgetting it was in 2007. I was like, that's kind of cool. And then I would flash back to reality like, oh, it's 2007. I don't know if that was as good as I thought it was, but um, uh, it's kind of funny to see like a, a Rebel Wilson cameo. That was pretty funny. Yeah. First yeah. Uh, ever appearance. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And she has an American accent. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny. Her moments. Uh, I think Peter Fonda is pretty. I wish he was in the movie more. I think he's pretty good. He's probably one of the better performances in the film. That's not saying anything, though. I got to say something, man. Got to keep it somewhat positive. I mean, like, he's he's doing fine in a movie where everybody is doing bad. Another thing I thought was funny, like, like you replaced the, the cars with choppers. And then he has a flashback about his dad talking about the choppers. And then he mentions that his dad wanted to do choppers, jump over him. It's like, did you really need that flashback to do that? Like they do a flashback nope. for things and reiterate things for no reason. Yep. They do it a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think it was, like I said, this overall, I didn't think it was terrible, but it, it definitely, I, I'm not going to go rewatch it anytime soon. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I really doubt it. The only reason is because this is one of those that again, a, a year or two ago, I said, I think this movie is like underrated. I don't think it's good, but I think there's, I think it's fun. Right. And, uh, and so it was one of those that like I bought on voodoo for sale. And so it's like, it's in my library, like, because I own it, there's always a chance, but it's one of those, if, if, if I owned a Blu-ray instead of a digital copy, the Blu-ray would immediately go in my cell pile after watching it this time. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the only re- but yeah, I really don't think so. All right, let's dive into Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, as we mentioned, sort of a soft reboot. Um, Johnny Blaze, tortured by the Ghost Rider's curse, gets a chance at redemption through protecting the devil's son whose father is pursuing him. This is a Neville Dean Taylor film. Uh, Mark Neville Dean and Brian Taylor. David S. Goyer on the screenplay, along with Scott M. Gimple and Seth Hoffman. Nick Cage returning. Sam uh, Eva Mendez, thankfully not returning. Syrian Hines, Idris Elba, uh, also having big roles here. Christopher Lambert as well. Uh, yeah. Which was all right. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Your history with this movie? Not not a huge history. I, I think I I think I saw like a ripped copy of this, to be honest. If I had to be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't think I saw this in theaters. I don't think I've ever rented it or put any money into it until now. Um, so you know, I shelled out four bucks for this and uh, I think I was pretty disappointed. Probably wouldn't do so unless we were doing this podcast. This movie might actually be a, a little worse than the first movie, um, for me. I, I almost want to say I kind of hate it, but there's some things I kind of like about it, but I'm going to say a strong dislike. I have right here. Dislike to, to, to just okay. But I think I'm going to put strong dislike. Um, I think it's super uninteresting. It's tonally messy. It's drab. Like everything takes place in Europe and it's really drab the way it's shot. Um, I think the only thing I really like about it, some of the action sequences are more interesting than the first film. That's for sure. They stepped it up in that area and the visual effects for ghost Rider look of course a lot better. Like, it, remember you talked about his skull looking too clean. Mm-hmm. It looks a little dark and like charred. It actually looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And nice to see Idris Elba in this movie. And yeah, we talked about it being a soft reboot. To me, it was just like, this is like almost a complete reboot besides Nicolas Cage being in the film. Like, there's really, they really ripped everything else out of it, including Mephisto. Like, Rourke fills that role now. He's the one who made yeah. the deal. And he made his deal through a uh, cheap PS2 cutscene where he uh, 
he cuts his hand on a beer bottle and signs it instead. It's very different, but um, yeah, not movie's not too great. Uh, it's got a funny kind of funny moments. I don't know, probably not intentionally. And uh, yeah, nice to see Christopher Lambert. Um, but that's all the really great things I have to say about it. Didn't really enjoy it. I think I think you and I talked about this at one point, and the the question of what is your favorite movie of all time, people ask frequently, or what is the best movie of all time, and a question that is not as frequently, but pretty frequently asked, what is the worst movie you've ever seen, comes up, and I think that like I, I would always wonder between a few movies, and I think before I watched this movie this time. I would have said Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is my least favorite movie I've ever seen. And this is such an interesting question because I'm only now dealing with this dilemma. Because as we talked about Ghost Rider, I really did I, I didn't like it the more we like the more we were just actually talking about it. I I like this movie less, but I appreciate some things about it. So I'm gonna go ahead and still say if you ask me today, what is my least favorite movie ever? It's Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. And I'm going to go ahead and go in the hate it camp. I mean, that's totally fair. <laughs> Even though I have more positive things to say than I did the first film, which will be interesting. And I think the reason is there are there is so much about this movie that does not work. But there are glimpses of awesome. And I also like you, this isn't available to stream anywhere for free. Um, and I did not own, do not own a copy. So this is one that I also had to shell out the four bucks to rent and wish I didn't have to. Not because <laughs> I don't have four dollars, but it's, just, it's, a, it's, it's a principle. It just hurt. Yeah. <laughs> OK, I think I'm more likely to watch this one than I am the original because I think there's some really interesting things. And I look, I looked up Letterboxd reviews for this for both these films, actually. And pretty much everybody agrees that the first Ghost Rider film is a bad film. Not to varying degrees of bad, right? Varying between half a star out of five and three stars out of five. Nobody really has this at like a five out of five. There's a really big cult following for this film because there's people that really like these two directors and their work that they've done together. And like a lot of people saying like that this is their favorite comic. Now, I have no idea if these people are trolls. Uh, a lot of people saying that this is the best comic book film ever made. And yeah. and I saw somebody <laughs> specify this is the best comic book film ever made. Let me clarify the Dark Knight and Iron Man are incredible films. So this obviously was written significantly longer ago, a, a while ago, closer to when this movie came out in uh, 2011. Right. But but the but they said this feels like a comic book ripped off of the screen and ripped off of the page and put on a screen. It's got all the clunky stuff about comic books. It's got all the visual flair and the interesting creativity of comic books. Um, and so they were almost saying, like, it's not really a good movie, but it's a great comic book m m picture, moving picture, you know? Sure. And I, I disagree with that logic. Like, 100%. Yeah, if you want to want to drink that, that Kool-Aid. Cool. Look, even in 2011, right, you know, your Blade existed, right? Yeah. Uh, Sin City exists, man. That is literally like from page to screen. Yeah, literally. Like, there's nothing that's like that close one to one. Yeah. Even at this point, Watchmen was out. What Watchmen is a a movie that's grown on me each time I watched it. But okay, so this movie put both my wife and me to sleep, and this is an 83 minute movie. <laughs> it feels really long. I, I had to finish the rest of it this morning. 
It is such a short runtime, but it feels like the longest movie I've ever watched. I, I swear Avatar The Way of Water was a shorter movie than this one. <laughs> I think this movie is 20 minutes shorter than the first one is. It is, but it feels double the length. It feels like a two, two and a half hour movie. So legitimately, I was fighting to stay awake during like the first big action sequence. Like the, the one of the, the oil rig. <laughs> and, and my wife fell asleep. When uh, when they when um, Nicholas Cage brings the boy to Idris Elba and then they turn the boy over to the monks, no. uh, my wife fell asleep there and she was out for the rest of the night. I was fighting to stay awake. <laughs> uh, awake. I eventually did power through it and then just made it to the end of the movie. But so both of us, I'm gonna say both of us fell asleep to this movie because if we didn't have to talk about it for this podcast, if we were just like wondering if this was as bad, we I would have fallen asleep. I would not fought it at all. But but also, like, all right, I, I'm going to give this movie two massive props. One of them you already did. Ghost Rider looks amazing. Like, I he looks love cool. the look of him. Uh, and I significantly prefer the look of the bike in this movie than the bike in the first movie. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, especially that skull. But, like, also you can even see, like, his jacket has char on it. Like, because even in that first Ghost Rider movie, like, it, it, when he's on fire, his jacket still looks pristine. Yeah. Like, his he looks like he had been coated. He looks like he has been burning for a few minutes, you yeah. know, and the skull is so charred and it, it's got like a, a more extended, like toothy look that gives it kind of a creepy. I love, love the aesthetic of the, of that. And then on top of that, I like that this movie like kind of went there a few times, specifically like the, the moment that I'm thinking of that I really liked was when um during the oil rig fight, where Ghost Rider's clearly outmatched, so he just hijacks the 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 big drill and <laughs> and then turns that into a vehicle and like has it t- turning a place. Like, I, all right, this is cool. <laughs> like, I thought I'm the same still, thing. I was like, like I'm really still awesome. bored to tears, but this is better than anything in the first movie. So now I'm out of positives. So again, I may be more likely to watch the, the action. The action is shot pretty well. It's okay, it's, especially like when you watch it back to back from the first one. This is this is not great by any means, but it's fine. Like yeah, it's I, I think better only, than it, better than I was expecting. I think my only problem with the action is like everything's kind of frenetic and kind of shaky. Where you guys need a steady cam as well. Like you yeah, need, you guys need to capture some of this cool stuff that's happening a lot better. But I thought I thought the driving sequences were filmed really well. Yeah, they look really good. So um, yeah, I totally agree. Him hijacking the kind of like drill slash like uh, it's like a buzz saw. I don't know what it was. It was something like that. It, it, it like hellified it and it looked really cool and like charred and like burnt up. Like that was really cool. I like the fact that you could hijack vehicles. That was super cool. Uh, like you said, I like the ending chase sequence. I thought that was cool. I thought it was funny that they tossed in a Wilhelm scream at the end. That cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool way he sent Rourke back to hell. I thought that was really cool. That yeah, was like again, a satisfying thing. Again, a, pr- a really interesting moment. But again, like, it, yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> But then the movie like just immediately wraps up and it's just like, oh, it's immediate. There's, there's like that. no, there's like no resolution. And look, I'm not saying I want like a full fleshed out story in my Ghost Rider film, you know, but I am saying you spent so much time building up this moment and then you're just going to like, like it made so much sense when I realized that the people that made this movie made Crank and Crank 2. And I kind of really like Crank. I think it's great for what it is. 
And then I remember I haven't seen Crank 2 since theaters. And I remember thinking it was my least favorite movie of all time. (laughs) But I think if I watched it again, I would appreciate it more. But either way, I just remember the ending of Crank 2 is like, so the whole premise is that Jason Statham in the first movie has to like keep on building up his adrenaline. And in the second in the second movie, he has to he has to like build an electrical charge. So he has to like, um, he he doesn't have a heart, right? Yeah, because it's, it's they they replaced his heart in this in the second one. Too. The battery he has to keep keep the battery up, right? So so I remember he grabs like a transformer on a on a power line, and he's literally on fire, and he storms through and just like you know terminators the bad guy, <laughs> the bad guy's party, and then just looks at the camera while he's still on fire, flips it off, and then like the movie cuts to black, and it's like five seconds after the bad guy dies and i'm just like that's not an ending and i remember that really same thing for this movie like you guys need to end your movies better like at least crank 2 like we all knew what kind of movie that was but what's so upsetting about this movie is that like they tried to make a story and like yeah there's the whole subplot of him kind of diving out of being the spirit of vengeance and being yeah this angelic you know well, and and not only that, but like all of the backstory with Rourke and the Devil's Son and Idris Elba and the like the priests and it's too much going on for the short time. Yeah, it's it's too much, and then for it all to just ultimately not matter huh, and not really be treated with any respect, like in in the in in the the climax and resolution of the film. Like, I'm really, really, really curious if these two directors did the first Ghost Rider film. Like, because that's a little bit more simple of a story that's should be a lot more visually driven. Like, I'd be really interested to see them make make a movie based off of the script from Ghost Rider 1. So anyway, I, I, I at one point wrote down this is the return of the horrible one liners. I at one point wrote down Nicolas Cage is so bad in this movie. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely caging it up in this one. The way they filmed the action in this movie, too, sometimes like I, I said I liked it earlier. But there's there's a specific thing that they did um, in the hand to hand combat that I hated, and it's any time that Ghost Rider would make a move, in order to show that it was going fast, they would make it choppy frame rates, as to give like us the perception of he is moving faster than film can capture. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't done well at all. It's not effective. And it, it looked so bad, and like I get what they were going for, but it it didn't work, and it and it just looked horrible, and it pulled me out of everything. And it was. <clears throat> Yeah, gross. So that that being the exception to the fight to the fight scenes. Other than that, I thought it was fine. The other thing, the only other thing that I wrote down about this movie is is the the thing I said earlier about the two differences between these movies that I really hated. One of them I really liked. One of them I really hated. the The aesthetic, the the look of Ghost Rider for this one is so cool. The thing that I like hated that they changed was the way that they reshoot Johnny signing the contract, like. One of the things I really liked about man, here I am giving a positive to the original Ghost Rider again. Uh, it's not it's not about the execution; it's about like you know the the intention or whatever. When in the first Ghost Rider, Johnny is just examining the contract. Yeah, it's a it's a complete accident. You know what I mean? It's it's a complete accident that he signs, right? And in this one, it's so intentional that he signs. And I just. I just really look, I'm not, I'm not saying that Johnny wouldn't do it, but I really like that Johnny is cursed with this thing that he actually didn't really sign up for. Yeah. Like it's so intentional in spirit of vengeance that he was, he was intentionally doing that and out outcomes the same and everything. Right. But I've, I've, I've just always kind of liked that 
again, kind of a monkey's paw, right? You open up this contract and you know, the way he holds it and it pricks his thumb and it cuts mm. it and, and he signs. And then, and then Mephisto's just like, Oh, that'll do. And he just pulls yeah, it away. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't get a chance to read the terms and conditions. Like, I like how he really got swindled. Like it was like a snake oil salesman. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of, exa- got- yes, he, he got <laughs> swindled. Yes. He got, he got snaked. And in this, and in this one, it was nothing like that. It super, was no cunning, super edgy too. Like he's, hammer fists a right a beer bottle and like pulls his drags his arm across it's like yeah it's it's like there was no there's no cunning there there's no deception or whatever you know so i i, I like I, I i missed the because it's so much more of a curse when when it's like johnny never actually signed up for this he was just he was curious he's probably going to anyway <laughs> but in terms of actually signing he didn't do it like yeah he barely did it you know he accidentally did it so it it, it just pulled me away more just because I, I liked that significantly less and you're right it's a lot edgier it's shot more like a comic book film with like quick frame cuts and you know stills and things like that so anyway i i i'm going to say that if we are not counting like this is my least favorite movie ever that was put in theaters so I'm like not counting straight to VOD stuff that I've seen, because obviously there's some stuff there that is equally as bad. But, you know, there's less of an expert. So if we're, if if the category for like least favorite film includes like only includes movies that got a box office run, this this is my least favorite movie of all time. And again, even though I have maybe a little bit more positive to say about it than the first one, which is nothing. But and I may be more likely to watch it only because like I think I kind of want to like this movie. <laughs> And I just don't. And I never will. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely never paying for this movie again, you know, but if it's on Netflix yeah, I mean, or HBO yeah. or something, you know, maybe. But anyway, are you ready to stop? Yeah. The only other thing I was going to say is like one of my pros I have was the cool animation kind of opening they did. But that thing really overstays its welcome. They do it like two or yeah. three other times. You're like, all right, you can stop doing this. You're just ripping me out of the film, which I don't really care because I'm not really having a great time. But this, why are you doing this? You're making a very long movie already longer. Yeah, Wait, hold on. It's it actually long. a short movie. <laughs> I bet you yeah. they used that into the video game tie-in as well. You know they did. There was a video game tie-in for this movie? I'm pretty sure there's a Spirit of Vengeance video game. I don't remember. I would have been all over that. Let's check it out. I mean, maybe like a mobile game or something. But oh, There's a PS2 game for your first Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah, for the first one. Okay. I wasn't even aware. But there's... There's like two YouTube videos that are like the first things that come up. One of them from 2021 and one of them from 2022 that actually say the PS2 Ghost Rider game is actually pretty good. Like, which is just like a God of War clone, I think. Oh, is it? I think so. Look, look, if I come across it at a at a video game store, maybe I'll pick it up because I have a PS2. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. So like, you know what? I might give it a shot. If I come across this at my video game store, I'll pick it up. Um, But I'm not going to like actively search for it. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, but as far as I can tell, nothing for Spirit of Vengeance. It's also funny because I've been, I've been, uh, I picked up the Incredible Hulk game on PS3 because it's one of those that I always kind of heard like that one was actually kind of good, and I found it at my local store, and I was like, you know what? Why not? I'll give it a shot. And they also had um, the Thor video game. Oh god! And I did not pick that one up um, because I remember even when that one came out, everybody was like, nope, this sucks. And even <laughs> like, like there are some of these games that have gotten like a like 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 x-men origins wolverine is one of those that it's like people like hey this one is actually pretty good that game is pretty awesome actually <laughs> right it's like, really good like there are some people that are doing that it's so, like incredible hulk kind of has that like hey that was that one's actually pretty good if you if you 
play that one, you won't regret your time. But the Thor one, literally nobody has anything good to say about. And then uh, my my video game store also had a copy of the Captain America um, First Avenger. It's decent. I, and, I actually worked on that yeah. game, too. Oh, I yeah? Did, yeah, I did QA on that game. Oh, that's cool. I, I picked it up. So It's like, like the, I, mediocre Arkham. Yeah. That's kind of what all the reviews I saw said. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't I didn't know that. I thought I you told me you did mostly mobile games. So I I just assumed that was Yeah, I started off in console games, so Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess be happy to know that I picked it up and uh I, I did I did not pick up the Thor game. I picked up the Incredible Hulk or the Captain America one. I'm more excited to play that now. That'd be cool. Yeah. First time I've ever uh spoken to somebody that worked on a video game <laughs> that I played. Uh, nice. Cool. So Anyway, just like I think it's kind of nice that there is kind of these resurgence of some movie tying games. They're like, hey, actually, some of these are better than the movies. <laughs> like, yeah, like X Men Origins Wolverine. And oh, it yeah, sounds it's... like that's the case for this Ghost Rider. Yeah. So, like, I recently played. Um, it might, you might have been on when I talked about it. But I played the Wanted Weapons of Fate video game on PS3. Yeah, I heard that it's game kinda... is better than the movie is. Oh, it's kind of look. The movie's fine. But the that that game's kind of good. <laughs> so, anyway, let's move on to the B plot. We are going to fantasy cast the ghostwriter in the MCU. We're going to figure out how to make it work. I have here again, the cast list I wrote down is Johnny blaze, the devil, Johnny's dad, um, a villain, love interest, previously established MCU character. Feel free to like wiggle those. However you would like or need, but yeah. Uh, and then a writer director, obviously. So, and look, I know also that there is shoot. What's the actor's name? Uh, but the guy that plays Robbie Reyes in agents of shield. Yeah. Who the oh, shoot? What's the actor's name? Wow, how am I not thinking of this? Gabriel Luna, that's the one. I'm like, he did something. Gabriel <laughs> Luna plays him in Agents <clears throat> of Shield, and so I know that like, but but Agents of Shield is not canonized anymore. So um, I think after season one, they uncanonized it. it. Still baffles me, but whatever. So he's he's not canon in the MCU until we hear otherwise. So yeah. Anyway. Um, so like you could say there's already an MCU ghostwriter. I could say there already was an MCU ghostwriter, but I, they're kind of it, think of it like Elseworld. Think of it like a split timeline. So yeah. we're going to face the cast an MCU ghostwriter. Joe, can you give me a brief like setting plot, like how you want this to go? No, no, like actors or anything like that, but just a brief like how you're going to bring ghostwriter to the MCU. Are, are you just going to give him a movie and be like, here you go. You're introduced in all this. You're going to like do like a sneak backdoor entry. Like what, what are you, what are you going to do? Since there hasn't been like too many ghostwriter movies. It's not like, you know, Batman or it's not like Spider-Man where we've seen uncle Ben die a million times. Or we've seen, you know, the Waynes get killed in prime alley a bunch of times. So I think I would go with an origin film and kind of like retell the story, but then try to do it justice. You know what I mean? Sure. But, uh, no real like plot. I would almost do almost exactly the same thing as that first movie, but better. <laughs> Just do it well, not like beat by beat, of course, but like definitely that that basic origin with him being Mephisto and like him signing the contract. Um, but definitely handling it with more care and making it make a little more sense. Like him bailing out of town and not saying bye to Roxanne. That type of stuff was kind of silly. Like creating false conflict for no reason. Like make it make sense. But um, uh, yeah, like. Sure. For that scene initially, I would have had him actually talk to her and like, hey, I just have to leave town. Like, I'm feeling all type of distraught. And like, he comes with some excuse and actually talks to her instead of just like riding by her being all awkward. That was a really weird scene. Anyways, I don't talk about that movie anymore. Let's stop talking about it. Sure. But yeah, basically so, I run the origin. So for mine, I wanted to take this in a different direction. 
because I, I'm really interested in finding like ways to backdoor movies into the MCU to make them like right. previously established. And and look, if if there was Ghost Rider, and then we are acknowledging, you know, Mephisto and all the like, you know, demonic portion of the MCU. I think it's safe to say that it's been around for like they've been around for a while and we just haven't heard stories from them. So um, will you remind me what is the name of the Ghost Rider that Sam Elliott plays? Because he's only credited as the caretaker. Uh, I think it was something Slade th- okay. or Slater. Um, I-, I was thinking uh, like, oh, geez, um, Slade, yeah, Slade last ride, Slade something. Yeah. Like Car- Carter, Car- Carter Slade. Carter Slade. Yeah. Yeah. Carter, Carter Slade. I'm going to make the movie based off of Carter Slade, not Johnny Blaze. Ooh. And You're going to make it a Western? I'm going to make it a Western. Oh, okay. And I'm going to have it set in like the high, the, the, you know, the Wild West. I like that. And and I think that's a really easy way to backdoor this in. So, um, so my story is going to be essentially the intro narration that happens um, that Sam Elliott gives. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to have Carter Slade and uh, I'm going to have him be, he is he for some reason because we don't really know why he became the ghostwriter ever but for some reason he said well he says that agreed but like he's very vague, vague about it you know uh, or for freedom right because he got greedy and then he went to jail and then he was off or was going to get hung or whatever Anyways, like we know very vague things about it we'll get into more specific right we'll get into why he makes a deal with the devil he agrees to become the ghostwriter and he and, and we're going to see him carry out missions for uh mephisto and then um and then the movie's climax is going to be him refusing to deliver the contract and running. And then we're going to have a very like end of John Wick two kind of ending, you know, where he's just like, I guess I'm running, except I, except we're going to have, I want to bring in, um, I, I want to, um, uh, like have something to where like ghost Rider like manages to, to get the upper hand, on, upper hand on Mephisto. And so like, obviously like, like not killing him, but, putting him in a state where he's not going to like be around for a couple hundred years, you know, where he retreats back to hell until um, Carter Slade is gone or, or like Carter Slade, like puts a curse on him or like somehow Mephisto can't track him down and all he's worried about. Anyway, something that just explains why Mephisto wasn't around for a while, you know, Hmm. and Carter Slade just gets to go. So anyway, that's the movie I'm doing. Also, because that gives room, because it really feels like the MCU, especially the new Doctor Strange movie, is kind of going to go towards Mephisto. So it allows Mephisto to already be an established character by the time Doctor Strange 3 comes out. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of that's kind of the thought <clears throat> process that I was at is is we introduce Ghost Rider and we introduce Mephisto and then we have Mephisto like being a bad guy in Doctor Strange 3 and potentially beyond. Also, this gives me room. I don't. Like this is going to be a one-off for Carter Slade. Maybe he appears like as a force ghost or whatever, you know, like a cameo in a future movie, but like, this is going to be a one-off. And then I would like it. Let's just canonize Robbie Reyes, Gabriel Luna's Robbie Reyes. Cause I really liked him in the role. Also, I love the look of his, his costume with like the hooks on his, on his leather jacket. Like I would like to bring in Robbie Reyes, um, Gabriel Luna's Robbie Reyes, but you know, it's not like we've been oversaturated with, with, uh, with Johnny blaze, you know? So, it's fine if if they just want to go ahead and go with him, but it's it's kind of like if I were to make a Batman movie, I'm not doing Bruce Wayne anymore, like because we've seen him. So right. Um, anyway, so that's kind of my overall plan, right? Carter Slade, one off Western Mephisto introduced to to help him, you know, transition easier to to face five, five four or five, whatever that's gonna be five. Okay, 
No, I think it's now a fantastic got- idea as a, as a as a one-off though. I think I really like the idea. Like you said, you could lead Nereus, or if you want to do Johnny Blaze, like you could tell future stories. Really I think cool. there's also like there's a lot of people I think in Hollywood that like would be interested in doing a one-off. Like I think Ryan Gosling is one of those people that he said like he he doesn't want to be a part of a franchise. You know, so even like he did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but like that that was it. Like he knew he was done. One film. He's doing um the Wolfman, but like that's not going to be a franchise. Like he's, he's very intentional about like, he doesn't want to be tied to a franchise. So I think you can find an actor that like everybody wants in a comic book movie, but they don't want to sign the, you know, 10 movie Marvel contract. So I think that opens up those doors. So um, let's start off. Who is going to be your Johnny blaze? Yeah. Or Robbie Reyes or whoever you pick. You said, if you're telling, you said you're telling the same story. Imagine you're going Johnny Blaze. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going Johnny Blaze. And it's funny that you mentioned Ryan Gosling. I would want him to, cool. to play Johnny Blaze. I think it'd be really terrific. After watching like Drive and him being planned as more like kind of cool, stoic like characters that are kind of like uh, ambiguous with, you know, kind of Graria type characters, I think he would be perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about this as we were talking about this stuff at the top of the show. I hear that Henry Cavill's got a job opening. That'd be cool. I want Henry Cavill as my Carter Slade, uh, my uh, my Wild West Ghost Rider. That'd be cool. Like that. So yeah, and I feel like you could distance him enough from Superman. You know, presumably we'll give him some stubble or beard or mustache or something to help. You know, kind of separate his Superman image. I mean, he's pretty unrecognized. Like he's not unrecognizable in Mission Impossible Fallout, but like he, I don't look at him and go, "Oh, that's Superman." You know? Yeah. And, uh, and then also, you know, the fact that half of the movie, he'll have a flaming head. Yeah. That also helps. Yeah. So, uh, and again, I'm not sure if he wants to commit to another property, uh, like another, uh, superhero property. So maybe just a one-off would be really enticing. to. So maybe not. We'll see. And then who is your like Mephisto character or your, whoever you're having being, you know, the devil. <laughs> uh, yeah. For Mephisto, I picked, uh, Javier Bardem. I, I think he plays terrific villains. Mm. I think he could really get to those really dark places. I can see him being pretty devilish. And um, I would like to see like his likeness, but be CGI, maybe something mm. along the lines of like Thanos, like that type of like visual effect where it's okay. like, it's really convincing. Um, so yeah, that's what I picked for Mephisto. This was really hard um, pick for me because it's one of those where the, the hardest part was not casting already like people in the MCU, <laughs> like not casting actors that were already somebody, you know, and I, and I thought about some people and then I, at one point I thought about Michael Shannon, but I'm like, no, we're not doing Henry Cavill and Michael Shannon that already happened in a comic book movie. And you know, I think they worked well together, but like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not do, like that. That would be too on the nose. So uh, that would be awesome, though. They have really good uh, <laughs> chemistry. I'm really happy about this pick, though. Mark Hamill. Like, oh, yeah, I think I think he's like he's kind he's you know, we know him mostly from uh uh from luke skywalker but like he's never really got a chance like to be like a live action villain i mean he's the joke he's the trickster in flash the tv series and that's like about the closest we get he's a little bit like i mean i want to see him be you know i want to see him be that cunning sly tricky devil right (laughs) i mean he's yeah i could i could really see him pulling it off that's a really good pick and then uh Johnny's dad, mentor character, whoever you'd like in that sort of role. Yeah, for Barton Blaze, this guy comes up a lot in my fan casts, but um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think he'd be really good as a dad. Sure. He'd be a great Mephisto, too. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that's actually funny. He really, really would be a good Mephisto, also. He could even do like his little lean, too. 
Shoot, he'd be a good ghost writer too. <laughs> he would be, yeah, he'd be good. Yeah, that's true. He could be like anyone in this movie. Yeah, but yeah, I, I picked him. I just, I just really like him. I've always liked him. For all right, so obviously this isn't like the Carter Slade's dad or anything like that. So I, I want some sort of mentor character to him, based off of a quick Google search. I'm very unfamiliar with Ghost Rider outside of, again, my, my previously said stuff. You know, Robbie Reyes and the, the things. So. I'm not like it, from what I looked, it said that he Carter Slade is the first Ghost Rider to turn on Mystif, uh on Mephisto. So like presumably that means he's not the first. So maybe like there's been one before him, kind of like how how this is. Although I'm not going to be sly about it. I'm not going to try to be sly about it at least. And look, if we're doing a Western, so I, I want a mentor role. Maybe the Ghost Rider before Carter Slade. If we're doing a Western, why not Clint Eastwood? Like that'd be cool. Yeah, like he's not been in a superior property yet. He's like you know he's older. He's getting up there. And, you know, we, uh, I'm not sure he'd be interested in much more than a, a five minute role in this movie, which is essentially what it'll be, you know, even something to just pass the torch. You know, it's, I, he's, this is going to be his only movie for this one. Like he's for sure not coming back. Maybe, maybe we bring back Henry Cavill again in kind of like a cameo role, um, flashback role, something like that, anything, but yeah, like, uh, if we're doing that, then, uh, Clint Eastwood, um, I did. I did legitimately think for a hot second about like uh, maybe Nick Cage in this role. So, like as like a mentor role. Cool. Uh, so I guess I guess if Clint Eastwood declines or has scheduling conflicts or uh, you know God forbid passes before before then then uh, we call Nick Cage. All right, then I put villain. So I I guess I was thinking the the West Bentley character the whatever the son right somebody that's a little bit more like hands on like. Or, or however you really want to put it. Who's your, who's your cast for this sort of role? Yeah, I picked, um, I picked Blackheart, but I picked uh, Cameron. Uh, is it uh, Mahogan from from Gotham? Plays the Joker. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I think he'd be really good. I've only seen him in a few things, like, because I, I, I don't really watch Gotham a lot, but I've seen scenes and like, I was like, man, this, this kid is like really good. Um, so I think he'd be a really cool villain. Okay. Yeah. All right, I've got to explain the kind of villain that I'm going for because I'm not going for any character that we'd seen. Um, what I'm really going for is for Mephisto to kind of be more of a like looming presence, kind of like he is in this movie. And then, um, but they're not to be kind of a three-way war, right? So I, I see it more like a henchman situation. So like really the inspiration that I was thinking of was Megatron and Starscream, right? If Mephisto is Megatron, this unnamed villain is Starscream where he's, ambitious and he wants to eventually take over and conquer Mephisto and he's wild and rambunctious and and all that so I went with Jim Carrey <laughs> like, that's cool like kind of thinking a little bit of the Dr. Robotnik kind of thinking a little bit of Riddler but like I I, I like <laughs> a little bit of Andy Kaufman <laughs> a little a little bit of the Andy Kaufman thing but yeah again the the thing I was primarily thinking of was like Megatron and Starscream like kind of the relationship they have I want to put that with mephisto and then whoever we're going to name this character so yeah so he'll be the one that will be a little bit more hands-on with the henry cavill he'll be a little bit more of the we'll actually see him interact and mephisto will be more of a looming energy and we'll have a and we'll have a bigger role in you know dr strange 3 yeah okay you have a love interest and hopefully somebody that has some agency in the movie too <laughs> yeah uh, also using roxanne that's one of johnny blaze's main love interests uh, i picked uh, isaac gonzalez um, I like her. Um, yeah, yeah, she's she's pretty solid in like everything I've seen her in. I really I really liked her when I first saw her in, in Baby Driver. I thought she was really cool, mm-hmm. charismatic, and she's great in Ambulance. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh like, yeah, I'm about that. 
So I think she'd be really good. Um, yeah, that was some pick for love interest. I was thinking Wild West, you know, we could have like a bounty hunter team up thing. Maybe even do like one of those interesting um, movie movie plots where like the the character. So I'm going to say my love interest is also a bounty hunter. And so maybe one of those things where they're onto a case, but they don't quite see the supernatural element, almost like, uh, like oh, the Rachel okay. Weiss in Constantine. Yeah. And then, um, and then here comes Henry Cavill as he becomes Ghost Rider to kind of help fill in the blanks and work alongside. I like that as trope, yeah. So something like that, Lashana Lynch. Oh, I love that. Yeah, um, she's she's got that badass kind of energy that I'm looking for. So yeah, uh, and then a previously established MCU character for your film. Uh, so who are you picking, and how are you going to have them um, appear in this movie? And for how much is it a cameo? Is it a you know side gig? Is it you know, are we going to have the the Jaimon Honsu character be a villain in a third MCU movie? You know, like, who's your previously established MCU character that's going to make an appearance somehow, even if it's just a post credit scene? I think this would be really great, and I think it would set up a whole team. Let's actually have Blade show up on screen. Let's, yeah, let's get some recruitment for the Midnight Suns. Like, let's have I wanted them, to pick that so bad. Yeah, let's have them form the Midnight Suns. That would be fantastic. I mean, later down the line, you could even invite other people like Wolverine. He's been in iterations sure. of the Midnight Suns. But like have that like those original people and that would be like their Justice League Dark. You know what I mean? That would be like the, the Dark Avengers. Not the yeah. quote because they're actually our Dark Avengers, but like more or less like, <laughs> we handle all the supernatural stuff, the spooky yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it'd be really cool. Man, you just reminded me that Guillermo del Toro was uh, supposed to do a Justice League Dark movie. Yeah, that's sad. That would have been really good. I really like that. That's a great pick. Yeah. I and so presumably this movie is coming out after the the Blade Mahershala Ali movie comes out then for you yeah and that's next year right 2024 yeah I would have it come out after so he has a proper introduction not a voiceover that was really that really made me mad <laughs> so so here's here's my here's my dilemma is unfortunately because I'm choosing to set my film way in the past I only have one option right it has to be one of the Eternals okay oh like like nobody else fits right. Like, there's nobody else that fits in the timeline that's a previously established MCU character. Uh, I'm sure you could probably think of somebody better, but, like, one that's, like, really easy is the Eternals. I, I mean, if we're talking Wild West 1800s, like, the earliest we have is the Captain America era. Like, nobody, we've not seen any MCU before then. You can have anybody in the Thor universe, they live for, like, thousands of years, so. I did think about the Thor universe, yeah, <laughs> but but they're pretty intentional about, like, they're aware of Earth's existence, but aren't really, like interactive with it because i did think about like let's bring anthony hopkins back to um you know have a, a cameo or something bring in russell crowe's zeus i was kidding <laughs> <laughs> i love it all right so i, I, I kind of put myself in a box and i just thought like all right so we know that eternals isn't a great movie but maybe we have icarus show up here and maybe his interaction with this movie is one of the reasons why he's so pessimistic about earth and why he doesn't really care to fight for them. Like I'm look, I'm not sold on it because I also thought about what about Fastos since we like Fastos and he can help him like tinker. You know, I like this better. Let's do that. Let's do Fastos because he can help him like build armor and things like that, you know, to help the ghost rider. He's actually a good character. Yeah. And, and maybe even like he only knows not as ghost rider, but as, the carter slade you know maybe he only knows he doesn't know the supernatural element of what's going on i mean because he's eternal he would but you know maybe he doesn't know that he's talking to the ghost rider he's just helping some guy soup up a horse or whatever maybe a post-credit scene of him realizing what he's been doing i don't anyway (laughs) as because like that might break canon too much if 
Yeah, I mean, because I thought about Loki, right? Like, I thought maybe Loki would be fun to toss in there. Um, but, I mean, Loki would be working with, like, Mephisto's side. Like, there's no way. And go- I don't know, Ghost Rider's still pretty sinister of a... He's a spirit of vengeance. Ultimately, I'm not sold on this for anybody. So take whichever one you like that I said. And th- I really <laughs> wanted to throw in Blade, though. But yeah, I just Blade's not. I couldn't make Blade work um, yeah. timeline wise. But Blade and Ghost Rider would be such a great pairing. Um, like you mentioned, Midnight Sun. And then lastly, uh, who is your writer, dire- writer and director? If they're separate, if they're together, who who do you have in charge of making this movie? Yeah, for uh, for writers, I actually, I don't know why I swapped them like that, but like. For a writer-director, I think it'd be really cool if you had a father-son duo and you had both Brandon Cronenberg and David Cronenberg writing the script. I think that'd be really cool. Um, that'd be awesome. <laughs> crazy body horror stuff, like out-of-body stuff. Like Possessor is yeah. very much like that. Or like your body's, you know, you're controlling somebody else's body. So it's like... I love Possessor, man. <laughs> it's, it, that, that movie takes you to dark places. It's pretty dark. Um, but I think it'd be really great. I think it would really work uh, for this film. Sure. Yeah. Like, so yeah I, you're I going for like a super gritty, super grimy... Yeah, super just into all the, you know, the mystical, magical weirdness. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cronenberg, Cronenberg, father, son, too. Yeah. I was wondering. All right. So this is a period piece that's going to rely on a lot of practical vis- pra- practical effects. And I-, I want this movie to feel epic. My Ghost Rider movie. I initially thought Martin Campbell after watching Mask of Zorro for last week. And, you know, we know he did Goldeneye and some other really good movies. Um, that would really work. That'd be really cool. But I just couldn't kick the idea of Peter Jackson out of my head. And I have no idea if he'd be interested in this. <laughs> Peter Jackson making a Ghost Rider set in the Wild West sounds so cool. It does sound cool. I have no idea. Like, because well, he did uh, he did the, the, the Lord of the Rings movies and then he did King Kong. He he did the documentary a couple years ago. They shall not grow old. And look, he's got enough money in the world that like he doesn't really need to do like right. anything. But I'm trying to think. Like well, he did the Hobbit movies too. Yeah. <laughs> but like, has he really done anything else since? Not really. Lovely Bones, Mortal Engines. I don't know if these are producer credits or not. I I think so because like Adventures of Tintin, Peter District Nine, those are producer credits. They're producer credits, yeah. I'm just I'm just I was just looking at uh, like a, a Google search. So like, at, like I don't know if he would be interested in doing this all, doing this at all. But I just I couldn't shake the idea of what if Peter Jackson did this. <laughs> if Peter Jackson says no, then then Martin Campbell, you know. Oh, he did the the Beatles Get Back the the Disney Plus stuff that he did that. Okay, I think he directed that stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, he did. Uh, they Shall Not Grow Old, Hobbit, King Kong, Lovely Bones. He was the director of that one, but not the, the Mortal Instrument. So anyway, this is a fantasy cast. So Peter Jackson says yes. I just thought, what a cool, what a cool idea. Peter Jackson doing a practical effects focused Western about freaking Ghost Rider with Mark Hamill playing essentially the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I like yours too. I'm going to see yours for sure. Maybe we can work it to where uh, yours is the sequel to mine. Yeah, that'd be great. I think that could work out. Yeah, I think it'll work. That'll do that. I, I really like how at least one person commented from the fantasy cast uh, that we that we did last week. Thing. So let us know what you guys think of these fantasy casts. Uh, let us know uh, which movie you'd rather watch. Let us know if there's like a combination that you want to see. Like, hey, like I really like Aaron's idea, but Joe's cast better. So put Joe's cast in Aaron's you know Wild West setting. You know, just love hearing your feedback on on this kind of stuff so uh that'll do it for the b plot uh for the spinoff 
Joe, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you really want to tell everybody to either check out or to stay away from? Yeah, I got uh, three things here, uh, three recommendations. Uh, one is uh, Gungrave is kind of a mid-2000s anime that's based off a video game, based off a concept by Yoshihara Naito, who uh, drafted Trigun. Uh, it's really cool, kind of mafia story with some supernatural kind of scientific elements to it. It's really cool. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. Uh, Run for the Money is a, a show that's been running for a long time in Japan, but it's on Netflix, and it's like the most awesome game of tag you could ever be you could imagine. Where like you have a bunch of like crazy people dressed like Agent Smith, pretty much uh, chasing people and tagging them, and they're trying to win like the equivalent of like a hundred thousand dollars. But it's really fun. Um, highly recommend that. And then last but not least is uh, Revenger that is on Crunchyroll. Uh, it's a relatively new anime, but it's. Uh, it's super good. If you like samurai type anime, uh, it's, you'll find it interesting. But uh, I was really uh, intrigued by it. It's in like the first two episodes. So yeah, um, cool. those are my three recommendations. For the best ever challenge this past week, I watched a movie called Tower. And Tower is a 2016 documentary covering the 1966 mass shooting on the um, University of Texas's campus. It's rotoscope animation style, and so for that reason, it's already really interesting. Uh, but this movie is great at pointing out and um, like highlighting stories of heroes and victims. It's very like it barely mentions the killer's name at all. It's really respectful. It's really um, really powerful in the way that it's done, and just kind of made me feel kind of the innocence of if this is you know this is 1966, and the first like 20 minutes, nobody has any idea what's going on. You know, two people have been shot and a, and a professor walks by and he's like, what are you guys doing laying on the ground? Get up. And it's like, because oh, he had wow. no idea, even though they could hear gunshots, right? Like, because just ignorance, right? Not, not ignorance, but innocence of you know not living with the reality of mass shootings all the time. And so Tower's a really, really, really great documentary that you should check out. I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for Best Documentary in 2016. Uh, but Let's check it out. It's available on uh, Tubi, I believe. It's one of the free ones with ads, or I think you can do Canopy, like the one through the library. Mm. It's like a, it's like a eighty-minute documentary. It's pretty quick, but it's great. Well, that'll do it. That's a wrap. Uh, remember, you can follow Joe on Instagram. I'll have his handle in the episode description down below, and uh, in the episode, yeah, in the episode description, you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. And quick reminder: the Sith Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, um, feedback, questions to explore during the B plot, then email writersroom at SifPop.com. Please don't forget to leave us a review at iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over on one of those platforms. Next week, Scott and Jeff uh, and I will be talking about Three Ninjas and 500 Days of Summer. Looking forward to that. And then in two weeks, we have the Goats episode with Robert for the Philadelphia story. Uh, we'll be discussing whether that one's a goat or not. And then next month, Joe, I think we lined this up perfectly because we'll be talking about the Leo of extraordinary gentlemen. And it's just hard to imagine a movie any worse than ghost rider and ghost rider two. So that might be the worst movie I've ever seen. So league of extraordinary gentlemen. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's pretty bad. So yeah, that's man. a spoiler. Sorry guys. I know I, I've seen it. I've seen it before too, but I'm just thinking like it can't be worse than ghost rider spirit of vengeance. Oh, it, right. It will surprise you. <laughs> Come back in a month to find out our answers on which is worse, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance or The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, thanks, Joe, for hanging out. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no as always, always. Always a good time. We'll see you next month for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And listener, we will see you next week for Scott and Jeff's episode. See you guys later. Bye.